This is the second week in a row that we've had some errors on this. <laughs> I try to do this. <laughs> It might be me. My finger gets a little excited on clicking some buttons there. But so happy to be back with the show. Sorry, guys. I'll go ahead and apologize now. Apologize now. I know I sound a little hoarse or like I'm losing my voice. Nick's already called me out on that. Uh, for about a five, six days now, I've been battling with some uh, sinus infections, allergies, and different things. So I'll probably be muting the mic quite a bit, closing off my screen so I can cough and just get through this. But Happy to be here, happy to be talking some sports, and happy to see my two boys over here beside of me. We, we changed our uh, layout just a little bit. I kind of like this. We're all straight across here. I feel like a little bit of the Brady Bunch going on with this. But Nick, CJ, how you guys been doing? Tell me about your week. Fantastic, man. Uh, it was overall a great week. I'm, well, last night, went to go enjoy the fight. Shout out to my boy Tank Javante Davis. What is he now, 29-0, 26, 27 knockouts? Let's get it, man. So. But I mean, besides that, man, had a good week. Warriors tied the series. Thank you. Thank God we took care of home court advantage. Now we got to go out. Barely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely barely, especially in this game. This game is stressing me out, bro. Trust me. But now we got to go on the road. Game five. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. But besides that, we're doing good. We know how the road goes for you guys. It's not It's not great. It's not the best. Yeah, yeah need, need one. Need, that's it. You get one, you need the driver's seat. Feeling great, feeling great, all as well. Uh, obviously, I'm immaculate in the city. Wish I was, wish I was there right now. But uh, you know, living vicariously through everybody that's uh, in the city, my guys and all my all my friends that are Knicks fans, they've been holding it down. Uh, it's, it's special time, special time. One more, three down, one more, and then we'll we'll see who we got next. Hang on real quick, CJ. I got I got something to say, man, because, you know, I saw this video the other day on Twitter, and it was kind of crazy to me, bro. Y'all playing the Cavs in the playoffs, and after game three, there's an F. Trey Young chant going on after the game. I'm like, bro, like, y'all not even playing the Hawks. Like, what are y'all doing? I mean, and I get it. You know, I, I know there's some bad blood between Trey Young and, and Knicks fans, but it's like, come on, man. Y'all got to get that man off your mind. Yeah, it's, just a, it's just a troll. Uh, really not on our mind. I mean, they're about to get eliminated, so. You know, not really too worried about about Atlanta, but it's just, it's just a it's just it's just a it's just a troll thing. Uh, it, it's something that they did two years ago. That's all it is. It's it's just it's just funny, man. It's just it's lit. It's lit right now in the city, bro. CJ, would you be out there in the streets? Because I seen I, w- I want to say like Seventh Street or something like that's blocked completely off with with the crowds going on that. Would you yeah, be so- out there? Would I be out there? Yeah, seventh Ave's going. Yeah, seventh Ave. I think that's what you're talking about right by, by the garden. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's it's wild. I don't know if I'd be out there too long, um, but I would definitely probably get out there for the experience. Because again, this is this is uncharted territory. I mean, it's the last time. I got three one, but again, one more. But uh, this will be the first time in a decade since they've advanced past the first round. So mm. this, you know, the, the the garden was rocking this afternoon, Friday. And it's just a great time. So, you know, I'll definitely be out there to experience that for sure. I mean, if you're not a fan of, you know, your team, you got to be out there. 
I understand. And I like that, to be honest with you. Uh, anyways, one thing I want to jump into. Last week, we talked about pizza toppings and ranch dressing or what kind of dressing you like. And I just randomly asked. I was like, hey, guys, we got any kind of nice food takes that we can start to show off like we did last week. I loved it. I think it's fun. And my guy, as CJ was saying, my guy, Nick said he could say how he doesn't like steak. And it kind of startled me a little bit. Like, I almost thought our friendship might have to be ended here. But, like, I'm just going to give you the floor and let you explain what in the world you mean by you don't like steak. I mean, I'll just I'll just be short and sweet, man. I think steak is I think steak is mid. I'm not gonna lie, it's too chewy. You know, I don't know. It's just sometimes the taste is I don't know. It's just not there, man. Like I've, I've tried different types. I've tried well done. I've tried medium well. It's just not hitting for me, man. It's just and like maybe I I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I've tried it. My first time eating steak, I was like I was like 17. And they, I mean, and look, I, I've had arguments with my friends about this because they always like, yo, you're crazy. You don't like steak. Oh, you're not a real man. You don't like steak. And I'm like, yo, like, I just, I don't really care for it. Like, it's just, I mean, I don't know. It's just not, it's just not my, not my go-to when it comes to like, taking out certain meats. where you're getting your steak from? Because to me, that's a little important too. Well, I've gotten it from restaurants. I've had friends make the steaks. Like, and I've tried different steaks from like different places. So it's not like it's only been one. Okay. One for spot. restaurants, I, I need to know the name of that that restaurant. I tried it from Longhorns. I think I tried it from Longhorns. And you didn't I like tried, it? I didn't like it, no. I tried it from, I think, Outback one time. This was years ago at Outback. I've only had Outback one time, and it was awful. I've never been back. Yeah, I'm not going to. Outback is not really the best to me. Outback's not the best. My, my ex used to like it a lot, and I, I hated that she always wanted to go there. But it's Unless like. Outback, I, you start sponsoring us, we hate you. We'll take that. We'll take that endorsement deal. And I, look, trust me, I'll, I'll be the biggest Outback fan. You know it. <laughs> Absolutely. That's right. Okay, CJ. Come on, man. You like steak, right? Of course. Of course. Absolutely. Um, I mean, uh, Nick, Nick got his preferences, man. I don't know. I guess the right person hasn't made it. Hasn't made it for him yet. Longhorn. I've had. Yeah, I've had it from Longhorn. That was good. It was good for Longhorn me. Longhorn is great. Um, a long one down here in, in the South Carolina, so it definitely was swell on this side. I don't, I, mean, I don't know what to really say, bro. It's, uh, it's well done. I, I'm not again. I'm not a medium man. I don't like. I don't like the red meat, the raw meat. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I get. I get queasy when it, when it, when it gets stuff like that, bro. Like yeah, it's just my stomach starts to get unsettled. And I can't rock with with uh, uncooked food. Um, my grandpa but, used to say. Cut it behind its ears, 10 seconds on one side, flip it over 10 seconds on the other, and I'm ready to eat. I'm like, my goodness. Yeah. I'm not that man. Can't rock. I can't but rock I, with your OG, man. I can't do it. I, I am – I always tell them anyways, medium well. Like, I want it not on the well done where it's just all gray meat. I like it a little bit of juice because the more you cook it, the less juice you get in it. I think that might be I'm why my experience was bad, though, because I my, I think my first time I had it well done, and it was just so chewy. Like It chewy. took me like yeah. – like, like, I swear I had to chew like a hundred times, bro. It was like, yo, like, this is just a lot of work. It's a workout eating that food. You got too tired. That's what it was. You got fatigued. So I'm like, geez. Okay, what about sauce then? Do you put A1 on it? I've tried A1. A- A1 is pretty good. I like A1 sauce. Okay. Okay. I see, I, of course. Well, see, I didn't realize this. Just food fact for you. Do you know why they call it A1? 
I don't. I have no idea. Okay. All right. So A1 is actually <clears throat> used to be the grade of the steak. And it's like the cheapest or like the worst grade possible of the steak was called A1. And they would make the sauce so it'd be better tasting. So you have A1 sauce for the meat to make it better fulfilling, I guess, if you will. So that's where they got the name the A1 for it. Now, every time I go to Longhorns, I don't even use steak sauce on it because it's so good. So it, it really baffles me, Nikolai, that you say that you went to Longhorn and you didn't like this steak. Like, oh, my, what is wrong with you? But I'll eat the chicken from there. I'll eat the chicken all day. That's some good stuff there at Longhorn. I'll eat the chicken from there from – Longhorns. Sure. Longhorn steakhouse. <laughs> oh my goodness. Like it really... Okay, when's the last time you've had a steak? Because like this this really is bothering me. Because I used to not eat steak, but it's because I was picky and wouldn't try it. The last time I had a steak was I think like October. I went over to my friend's house. We went to watch a football game and she um uh, my friend's wife actually was making some steak. I mean that one I, I'll admit when she made the steaks, it was actually pretty good. I, I actually finished the whole thing, but I still, thank goodness. I still, I still don't really like prefer. Like I don't know. Like when I'm at a restaurant, it's not that's not the first thing I'm looking for. I don't know. That's just me though. We got to get you some better steak in your life, dude. Are there good steaks in Kentucky? I mean, Kentucky is like I mean, too much obese. All right, like we, we know how to eat. Y'all are known for the chicken. Y'all know for the chicken. We know Kentucky how to fried. cook. Okay, southern cooking is is where it's at. Listen, my wife. She's trying to be more organized as far as everyday life and everything. And like, you know, we are trying to eat a little bit healthier. I came, uh, she came home from uh, after church. She went to town to do some grocery shopping, came back. I went to the evening service. I had a, a board meeting as well. So I've, my days, I've not been to watch much basketball at all today, but I came home and I've already got like three or four different saran wrap meals ready for me to take to work with me. Uh, made me like a, a grilled chicken salad and a, a grilled I think it's more like a chef salad and everything they take with me. And like, she's been cooking on stop. She put on her YouTube page, like a uh, short video, making some uh, cooked carrots. And she's like, what do you else you think I'm going to be making on this? Listen, my wife is a good cook and she loves to cook. I mean, look at me. Of course I love her for that. So I'm telling you. You got a, you got a real one over there, man. Uh, absolutely. Prepping, prepping your meals for the week. Absolutely. Yo, let me ask right, her this. Right. Like, could y'all be with a woman who didn't cook? Absolutely not. I am not with a woman who doesn't cook. Well, I'm, 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 I'm asking, like, you know, could like could you be with a woman that will like never cook? I mean, like, see, here's the thing. It's kind of weird because I like to cook. Like, if we do anything on the grill, it's usually me. I don't know if it's a man thing that they kind of just it's how it goes. But like, I love smash burgers. Have y'all ever had smash burgers? I think I've had them before. It's, it's been a long time, but I think I have. Are they like the little tiny burgers or whatever? No, that's a mini burger. A smash burger. We got a griddle, you know, one of those uh, outside grills. It's a griddle, uh, flat top, basically. So you roll it into a ball, your meat first, and you throw it down in there, and then you just smash it with like a a, a spatula or something, make it real flat. And it don't take nearly as long to cook at all because where it's so thinned out, you flip it three minutes, one side, flip it three other, and it's pretty much well done. It's so good. Uh, as my wife chimes in here, right on cue, I won't. Smash burgers are the. Oh, I think we both. I'm not going to click it. CJ, you click. No, no, I don't but, even uh, click it, bro. Yeah. Oh, man, apparently my computer's just doing like a double click there. Smash burgers are the best. So we do that on the grill. We, we'll throw on the cheese. Look at that handsome fella in the picture. Hey, <laughs> Anyways, 
Uh, do that, and then you put a little butter on your, your buns, put it down on the, the griddle as well, get some of that meat juice on it as well, put a little uh, top over it and let it, what is it, uh, basically heat up your bun, get it a little toasty. Perfect. But she'll usually try to butt in and take over a little bit and have out just because she loves to cook. She'll make the fries and stuff downstairs, have all the, the pickles cut up, lettuce all on another plate ready to go to, to dress them burgers. We're a good team when it look, look, comes to that. But I love to Same cook, bird. and I'm saying that. So who's the better inside? cook, you or your wife? Oh, she is. No, no, she is by far. When it comes to cooking inside, I just don't want to do it. Like, give me macaroni and cheese or something like that that I can just throw in a, a pot and cook and I'm done. Like, I mean, scrambled eggs, like to do that. But other than that, I'm out of it. Uh, since we're kind of going that way what about, and talking all that, what what do you all like to cook? What's your all's go-to meal prep cook or whatever? For meal prep? Uh, I mean, or just cooking meals what I meant. Cooking a meal. If you were – to serve. Wow. I do. I do pasta. I do burgers. Some I do so chicken. I yeah, jerk chicken. Definitely. You know my, my jerk chicken. chicken so. Ooh. What kind of chicken? Jerk chicken. Yo, what jerk is chicken is jerk. You don't know what jerk chicken is? What? Uh, we may have a different terminology for it here because you know, like <laughs> buffalo wings or chicken nuggets. The CJ. No, it's Caribbean. It's like different. Yeah, yeah. Jamaican. Yeah, Jamaican. Yeah, um, it's good. Okay. It tastes good. Uh, like I said, my girlfriend, girlfriend's Jamaican, so she be making that, and I be in small on the side, bro. I don't, I don't have to do much. It's like you. I don't have to do much. I don't have to do too much. Gotcha. Well, look, well, look at y'all. Y'all must, it must be nice. Hell, the single guy got to cook all of his food. <laughs> I made it happen. You, okay, Christian, since you're in here, you're going to have to figure out what this job chicken is. Oh. Or what would you say it was? Jerk chicken. What kind of jerk chicken? We're going to have to figure jerk that chicken, out yeah. and get that made. I'll admit, jerk chicken can be really spicy. Like, I'll never forget one time I ate jerk chicken. It was so hot. I drank damn near like a whole bottle of Hawaiian punch, like, like a whole gallon of it. Like, it was so spicy. Yeah, and they don't want to know about that. They don't want to know about the job court meal plan, man. That was that was those are struggle meals. I don't know about that. Those are, <laughs> those, are those are different type. Those are different type of meals. Orange and blue skies, yes sir, yes sir, young champion, yes sir. We're gonna get into that in a little bit. Nah, let's not get into that at all. I know, man. It's, it's tough for you, bro. Good though. Nick, you ain't got anybody up in Indiana cooking for you yet. <laughs> Chill out, yo. <laughs> Chill out. <laughs> Oh, too forward, too much. My bad. My bad. <laughs> Nobody needs to know about that one, man. Oh, she knows. She oh knows. my god, man! This guy here. <laughs> All right, so steak, Kristen. We're gonna have to have Nick come to our house sometime and like give him some southern cooking because he just said that he doesn't like steak. Like, Can Miss Lawson make a good know. steak? I mean, anything she cooks, like. I don't. I really don't know anything she's ever made that I'd be like, no, that's just nasty. I'm not going to eat it unless she wants to venture out and like we don't have something for the ingredients. And my wife should be like, ah, we'll just substitute it with this and try it out. Like she'll make cornbread all the time and it's delicious, but like we'll run out of buttermilk and she's like, I'll just throw in mayonnaise because I mean it's basically the same thing. Like, really? I don't know. I, I mean. I don't that like it. That doesn't sound good, y'all. I, I look, it may be good, but it doesn't sound good to me. I said, I, I, I never heard, I never heard uh, 
cornbread. Well, she just comes up with like, I can substitute that and make it work because it'll stick together, the oil in it or whatever. I'm like, uh, you know what? I'll eat it and be okay with it. But I will say this. Since she made the comment, I wasn't going to say it. Pancakes were bad. So I told her, her her very first time cooking for me, I think even on her honeymoon, it might have been. It might have been first time home. Uh, I was like, yeah, you know, I want some pancakes. And she had never made pancakes before at all. She could not make a round pancake to save her life on that first meal, and she felt terrible. It tasted fine, but she you thought the world was crumbling because she could not provide that meal for me. I'm like, honey, like, it's still good. I'm fat. You put syrup on it, it's great. It's okay. Yeah, the thing, yeah like, you, you can just but, put syrup uh, on it. You're good. Absolutely. As long as it's not like, like dry in there in the middle, like – that's that's borderline divorce, but it wasn't. You know, put that syrup on it. <laughs> borderline divorce. Oh. So it was the first meal that she made at house. Okay. Okay. So here's her uh, mayo is more oily, but uh, think of buttermilk and I don't know and the sour. Yeah, whatever. This ain't a cooking show. We just like to eat it. But uh, yeah. So with that being said, CJ, you said what was you? Oh yeah, the chicken there. Um, what else can we say? Nick, I want to ask you this. Let's just say you had a guest come to your house of the girl side, travel down south. I'm not going to say where from. <laughs> you know exactly from. where from. <laughs> you know. Um, you said it. I'm, I'm, I'm slow, bro. See, now I understood the Indiana thing now. Now I understood it. <laughs> oh, you said it, I was so late, bro. So I forgot about it. Wow, welcome to the party. <laughs> I'm, 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 I was locked in on the Hawks. And so we need to uh, catch you up a little bit. With that being said, so, Nick. Shout out to her, though. Shout out to her. We're not, we're not, we're not going to say her name, but shout out to her. I totally just did if you heard just it. Just said it. Word. I blended it in with my conversation. But anyways, so she's wanting you to cook for her. What do you go out and, and what, what's your meal that you cook to try to impress a woman? Honestly, to be fair, I might just I'm challenge myself. And, no, I'm not going to say birds, no. Like, I mean, I'll ask her a favorite meal. And if it's something I cook, then it's easy. But if it's not, then either I'll just challenge myself and try to do it, or hell, she can help me cook it. Like you know, while I'm in the kitchen. So, you know, teach me. I'll, I like it. There you go. There you go. I'm a pleaser, man. So you know, I like to I like to give people Whoa. what they like. Let's keep it G rated here, man. It is the. I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't mean it like that. No. I didn't mean it like that. I didn't. Mean, I didn't mean it like that. So. Oh man, this. CJ, what about you? Make her a chopped cheese. <laughs> nah, no, she's not. That's true. I mean, if she want to come to the city, if she was to come to the city, yeah. I mean, you got, you got to show her around. And, Yo, I ain't gonna lie. Like when 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 I go to New York, I got to get a chopped cheese. So that's all New York we be talking about, man. Yeah, pull up, bro. Pull up, man. Uh, is it sad you. that I don't know what a chopped cheese is? It's like a burger on a hero. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Yeah, it's we yeah, just put everything on it. Okay, gotcha. Um, yeah, but it's good though. It's, it's really good, and it's like a it's like a staple over here, bro. But yeah, you know, if you're coming to the city, yeah, pull up, bro. Pull up the 109 at first. I uh, got you. Got the aqua first. You. Yeah, I got the aqua bless you, bro. Easy. What part of New York you at? You saw them. Okay, Harlem. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Don't want <laughs> to sell it like that. Hey, bro. Listen, listen. Some, oh, some places got some places got good chopped cheeses. Other places, ah, not so much. Not so much. All right, CJ. So, what's your what's the biggest meal that you've ever cooked? 
or like the most like, hey, I, I did that and I'm proud. I mean, this Thanksgiving, bro. I mean, you know, I mean, I made the baked chicken, collard greens, mac and cheese. Oh. It was just me and my, it was just me and my aunt. Um, oh, okay. For for Thanksgiving, so I, I pretty much did mainly everything. Awesome. Yeah, so did a nice little shuffling up. Look at Listen, this summer when the the league's not going on, we may have to do like a little cook show or something live for one show. So, bro, <laughs> we, we could do it, bro. Now, I'll, I'll show everything cooks. that goes in goes up. Cook I'll show off everything. Cook off. Cook off. see hoops. Gotta go with chili. Oh. No, I got chili's. Chili's nasty. I'm sorry. Oh can't do chili. Gosh. I can't do chili. Ah. Uh, you gotta know what be, it is? Gotta be, I think it's gotta be made. It gotta be made by the right person, the right way. You know it's what it is? I think. I think. Great chili. I think. I think it's a texture thing for me with chili. It. What's the, what's the tech? Do you know? Okay. Oh, wait. I think I might know where you're going with this. The beans. I don't know. What is this? Because I, I can't mean, stand the bean texture. You know what it was? I, it might be because when I was a kid, my family used to make it a lot that I hated. It's like it's that, and then it was spaghetti. Like that's why, honestly, I don't do spaghetti a lot. Okay. Because when like when I was a kid, I ate it so much. Well, see, when people say pasta, to me, it's instantly spaghetti. Like, That's true. There's no other kind of pasta. And when you were saying earlier that you made pasta, like, I'm like is he talking? I mean, did he just make spaghetti, or is he doing something different? Because. My wife, she'll order the what is it, Alfredo cheese and all that whole nine yards. Like, no, yeah, that's the thing. Like, yeah, it's, it's spaghetti or because I mean, because like, because what's cool, what's uh, what's spaghetti is it's the red sauce, it's the it's the noodles. I guess, I guess that's that's just always what I view spaghetti. I, I always look at spaghetti and pasta different. Like, when I think of pasta, I think of like the, the white sauce. Okay, see, not me, not me. You're talking about like the chicken Alfredo and stuff as, as yeah, pasta. I mean, it's good. Like I, I was one of the late bloomers on trying that because to me, if I'm going to an Italian restaurant, I don't want anything of white cheese. I want the spaghetti, the meat, you know, the, the sauce, the noodles, the breadsticks, the whole nine yards of that. Like I'm not going to just say, well, give me noodles and cheese. Like, And it might be right. that I just feel like it's unmanly on that. I don't know. But like. You get Alfredo crazy. sauce. You get chicken Alfredo. Um, you know, yeah, I'm, but, I'm not a shrimp guy, but people mix it up. I'm not it's either, good, man. Y'all like shrimp? No, I don't. We don't. I'm, 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 oh, I don't even know where. Oh. I'm the shellfish. I'm allergic to shellfish. So. Oh, okay. Yes. Well, let's just tell you a sad story about me one time, okay? <clears throat> let's take you back. Back in time in my eighth grade year of 2000. Story time. That's how old Michael I Lawson. Yes. So uh, my family and I, we went on a cruise. And by the cruises, we went to uh, the Emerald Isle, Outer Banks, North Carolina. And they had like a ship you could go on to like a little small island and have dinner there okay so here we are we're taking on a little boat ride and there's probably like 300 people 400 people on it so we get to the island and like the table is just probably a hundred foot of a table and you just kind of mark around and sit down at the seat as close as you can well i'm on the end of like my whole family and i'm eighth grade so i'm bashful okay let's just be honest these sorry lovely wife who may still be in this three beautiful women sit in front of me young you know teenage across the table from me. I'm like, all right, I got to, I got to have some game here, you know, flirt a little bit, but I'm still a little scared because I'm young. So I'm trying to be all cool. My dad sat beside of me. So, you know, engaging conversation, we're having shrimp, never had any kind of shrimp other than like long John silver shrimp. Okay. The breaded shrimp foreshadowing here. So this shrimp wasn't breaded after conversating and everything. I finally picked it up, you know, 
ate the shrimp and spit it back out because I didn't know you're supposed to deter it, devein it, and yeah, yeah. It and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, you got you to you got to pull the them, plastic off and stuff. Them girls laughed at me and was like, "Wow, you are hillbilly." I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> you miss downhill ever since. You know, it was crazy. I mean, I, I did the same thing because my first the first time I ate shrimp, I was like 12, 13 years old. I, I didn't know that either. Okay, okay. So, yeah, so I haven't eaten got any shrimp since then because I was devastated, traumatized, and it hurt my ego. <laughs> it hurt your ego. You still probably you still probably could have shot your shot after that with the uh, with the beautiful woman. <sighs> no, no, not after that. I was done. Anyways, speaking of shooting shots, let's go ahead and get into our first. Uh, Recap of the game, which I know CJ is going to love to jump into on this. Of course, we had the Lakers and the Grizzlies. We just want to do some reaction again. Like I said earlier, I wasn't able to watch too many games today. I've been busy. Sundays sometimes can be busy uh, for what all we had going around here. But I do know that LeBron James had to go up and talk to somebody for Memphis. Uh, Nick, you want to kind of bring that into par on what happened on that conversation? So I'm sure everyone is aware. Um, First and foremost, let me just say this Grizzlies Lakers matchup has been really great throughout the first three games, really back and forth. Um, so for those who know, for those who don't know, Dylan Brooks and LeBron, they had some words during game two. I think LeBron called him a bum. After the game in the post uh, in the post-game press conference, Dylan Brooks was was asked about LeBron, and then he said, Oh, he's old, he's not what he used to be in Miami or in Cleveland when he won championships. Basically, he said he needs to get 40 on me before before I respect him. So I get, and then I think Friday, LeBron was asked about it. I can't remember exactly what LeBron said, but I know he was just talking about how he's just focused on the basketball game. So before game three, there was a clip of LeBron and Dylan Brooks talking pregame. Who knows what was said? It seemed like it wasn't really that bad of a conversation, but you could tell LeBron was locked in. He was focused on this on this game, and that's really what it stemmed to. You know, the Lakers had a really big win in this matchup. Uh, they ended up winning by 10 points, even though – they started the game. What was the first quarter score? Like thirty-eight to nine. Like that's that's insane. So. Like that's insane. I, I didn't I didn't get to actually watch the game live, but when I went back and watched it this morning, like that was crazy. Like the energy that the Lakers came out with was impressive. AD was spectacular. I think he had like thirty-two and seventeen on the night. Um, but overall, man, it was a really good matchup. Uh, Dylan Brooks, as many know, he got ejected. I think it was like third quarter, I believe, ended up hitting LeBron in the midsection. It's weird because I, I've I've seen like different clips of it. I've seen like you know different. I don't know what to call. It. I guess like you know different different angles. Yeah, different angles of it. Mm-hmm. And like one of the angles looked, it looked like it was on accident. It didn't look like it was like something that like was purpose like that was purposely done. And then another angle looked like it was like oh dang, like this is kind of a kind of a bad move here, like kind of a low blow. So at the end of the day, he got ejected for it. It was a flagrant two. Um. I don't know if there's going to be any suspension. Who knows? You know, especially with the whole Draymond incident, you know, given his history. Dylan Brooks may not have a large history like Draymond has, but, you know, he's had his incidents, you know, where he's got into it with, you know, opposing players. So who knows? But Lakers are up 2-1 right now. I think they really have a really good advantage over the Grizzlies right now. And I think when when I look at Memphis, you could tell they're really missing Steven Adams in the, mid, in the middle area, you know, being that rim protector. And then, of course, guys like Brandon Clark as well. Give credit to Ja. Ja ended up going ballistic in the fourth quarter. This really mounted, like, nearly mounted a comeback, but unfortunately, you know, it wasn't enough time. But, you know, looking at looking at game three, especially as we had the game four tomorrow, I really like the Lakers' chances. I really do. 
I'm not gonna I'm not gonna guarantee that they go up three one, but with them being on the home with them being on the home court once again, it's is is a big chance that it's a big chance that they can. It's been a great it's been a it's been a solid series. It's been a solid series. Game two, the Lakers had, but AD didn't step up. Uh, Tillman had a better game than them in that game, and you just have to play better. And this, and this is what I was talking about last week about Anthony Davis. Is you know that he shows the flashes of greatness. This is a guy who averaged twenty and twenty against the Grizzlies in the regular season. Twenty and twenty, right? So just put that in perspective. That's what Stephen Adams and Clark and all them out there, and he, that's what he was averaging. And against Tillman, he just offensively he didn't show up. He had a bad night, and he responds yesterday, thirty-one and seventeen. So right around you know what he right around what he averages against this team, he puts up being dominant. Doesn't matter who's in front of him, getting to your spots, playing in the paint, and changing the game on defense. That's that's what he's known. Um, that's what he's been known to do. That's what he's been doing his whole career. And we expect that. We expect him to to play at this level in the first few rounds. And then, you know, if, if they get there to the Western Conference Finals and to the finals, LeBron is obviously going to pick it up and take it to another level. Um, and then we'll see what happens then. But to the, they just, they're just missing – they're missing that wing. They're missing that – the Grizzlies are missing that wing player uh, that could create their own shot, get some stops. That's that's what they need because Jaron Jackson Jr., he's a, he's a good player. He's solid. But I knew he was going to get in foul trouble in this series. Garden Anthony Davis, it's just tough. It's tough to go get 20 and then go get five, six blocks. I said he had to play like AD if they wanted to win this series. And he right. just, I mean, he's not there yet. He's not, can he get there? Absolutely. He's very talented. Um, he won Defensive Player of the Year. So he, he could definitely get to that level. But right now, I just don't see that. And Bain is, is not consistent enough. And, and, and this is the question for, for, for Memphis is who's going to be that second guy? Who's going to be that third guy? And I think they they're really missing that wing player. Dylan Brooks just he's he's inefficient. I mean, yeah, he's he's solid. He's he's solid defensively. He does a really good job on some players. Gets some stops. Uses his size, his length, um, and obviously some of the extracurricular activities uh, to make it tough on 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 some of the star players that he's guarding. But he's not a great shooter. He's not a great floor spacer, and that's that's an issue. You can't be a starter and you can't space the floor. It's tough. I mean, the teams are just going to load up on Ja and, and and live with with you taking those shots, and that's really what happened in the beginning of this game. And that's why they cut out to a you know thirty five to nine lead in that first quarter. Lakers really coasted in the fourth quarter, and Ja almost <laughs> got tied it up. He was going to create twenty two points in the fourth. He was knocking down threes, mm-hmm. going to the basket at will. Uh, but you could really see the Lakers just they were really just coasting. You know, they felt like they had it in the bag. They had a surmountable lead to where. You know, they didn't need to do that much, but the way Ja was shooting the ball, there was definitely some – it was a scare a little bit. Um, and no one else was, was stepping up for on, on the Grizzlies. It was really just Ja trying to will them back into that game. So credit to him. Obviously, we know with, with uh, the injury that he has with the hand and for him to still come out there, you know, try to get try to get a victory for his team, you got, you got to commend that. You got to commend that. So in the half court, it's, it's difficult for them because outside of – even though Ja had a, a good shooter night last uh, yesterday, he's not a great he's not a great three point shooter. So when you got a guy like Anthony Davis in there, <clears throat> you could shrink the paint, and, and he's not able to get to the rim so easily. And like like Nick talked about, Stephen Adams, Brandon Clark, they did a great job of sealing off that big man, so Ja could get those clear lanes to the basket. Um, so he's those guys aren't there, so it makes it even more difficult. 
it's just it's just a tough series for them, man. And this, this is why I thought the Lakers were going to win. All these analysts on TV picked the Grizzlies with Steven Adams or with Brandon Clark out. Seats, all these so-called you know basketball wizards. They picked Memphis, but again, you just tough to it's tough for me to see this team defeat LeBron AD four times. It's just like you can't. You just unless they completely sell both of them fold. I couldn't. I couldn't see that. So uh, two more. Two more. Got to get it done tomorrow at ten. Uh, back at the crypto.com arena. And, um, and then we'll see who they go up against, whether it's, you know, Sacramento or Golden State. That's going to be a phenomenal series either way. <clears throat> Golden State. Yeah. Get into that. <laughs> we'll get there. All I'm going to say with uh, in this, to me, it looks like it's already the Lakers series. And I know it's just 2-1. It's, it's early to say that. But even just looking at the stats, Morant had 45 points. Bain had 18, Jackson had 13. No one else was in double figures and points. Like, even their bench, looking down here, uh, there was basically 12 points off of the bench. I was going to try to say who had much, but it's 6-4-2. and two is the only scoring they got off the bench. Like, there's no size. There's no depth. Granted, we know that they're hurt. So, I mean, that goes into a consideration of what's going on with this. <clears throat> Excuse me. But it's just at a bad time that, Adams is out. Others are hurt. The Lakers have too much uh, star power to compete with, really. So I think the Lakers already pretty much has this series. Uh, Y'all want to move on over to the Warriors and Kings? I just want to make a couple more points, man. Rui Hachimura has been playing phenomenal in in this series. Um, I believe first Laker and I think 30 or 40 years to average uh, 15 points off the bench in the last three playoff games. Oh. He's just, he's just been, he's been, he's been insane. He's been playing well, spacing the floor, knocking down shots because he knows they're going to load up on LeBron and Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he can put the ball. He has a nice mid range, something that he always had, even at Gonzaga. He's, uh, he's, he's just special. He's special, man. And um, I think going to the Lakers, getting some new life, being around star players like LeBron, it's alleged reported that LeBron kind of took him under his wing. Uh, as soon as soon as they brought him in for, uh, as soon as they traded for him. Uh-huh. Working out, with, he's been working out with LeBron, and uh, just getting comfortable, and just learning how to be a, a pro. Really, something, and and that's that's the thing. Sometimes when you're you're a young player and you go to these struggling franchises, and they ask you to carry the team, carry the city, mm-hmm. <laughs> carry the organization, it's 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 not always it's not you're not always going to get a John ja Morant. You're not always going to get LeBron a LeBron James situation where they do that right away, um, and you see instant success. It takes some time for some of these players to. Uh, to get to where they need to be. And I think right now him being in LA coming off the bench, uh, is, is he could start, he could close as well, depending mm-hmm. on, you know, Vanderbilt's foul trouble or lack of floor spacing, depending on who they go up against. He's a phenomenal player, man. He, he's rebounding the ball too, uh, crashing the glass. The, the one thing that concerns me with the Lakers is, uh, we saw Gabe, we saw Wayne and Gabriel out there last night, but their lack of size in the middle. Once AD goes out, they like to go small. They have LeBron play the five, kind of play some zone. Um, when AD's on the bench, I don't see it. The, the The plus side of that is is really not a dominant other than Jokic um, out there that they really have to worry about in the paint. But you know, mm-hmm. if if AD were to get in foul trouble uh, a game or two, can Gabriel do a good job in some spot minutes? You know, to you know, kind of make up make up for some of that contribution and, and distribute and bring bring it defensively. 
that's one thing. And another thing is D'Angelo Russell's been a little inconsistent in this series. You know, I'm expecting him to play play much better um, in this series. Now, if they advance, he has, you know, at least another series of opportunities <laughs> to try to make up for that. But right now he's struggling with a shot. Uh, to me, I feel like he's settling too much on the shot. He's not going to the paint. I don't know why he's not going to the paint. They don't have a, a rim. Oh, Jerry Jackson Jr., but but AD's out on the perimeter a little bit. He's not mm-hmm. really, you know, um, in the paint per se. Like clogging the lane. Complete, yeah, he's not like, clogging the lane too much. I want to see him use the floater a little, a little bit more, um, you know, be, be more versatile, get to the line. And, and and be aggressive that way. I feel like he's settling for too many shots on the perimeter. And and Reeves, Reeves, Austin Reeves. <laughs> I mean, this guy, this guy's going to get a, a nice contract here in, in the off season um, by one by some team. I don't know if it could be the Lakers. It could be someone else. You know, the Lakers have been kind of cheap. You know, the Caruso. They didn't want to pay Caruso. They didn't want to pay some other guys. So hopefully this time they they figure it out and, and keep some of these young wings because. As LeBron's getting older, you can't expect LeBron to, you know, 40, 41 years old, you know, to, you know, carry teams to the finals. It's just unrealistic. Right. So you want to keep young wing players around him like Hachimura, like Reeves, um, like Vanderbilt, who they picked up the team option, the, picked up the player option on him, which is obviously smart. You want to have young guys like that um, around LeBron and AD because you would hope AD would, you know, eventually it would be his team um, as LeBron gets older and as he gracefully walks out. He remains a Laker. You want to have solid guys, solid players around him uh, to, one, make it more, make him comfortable, and also to bring in some other guys, star players, to play alongside him when that time comes. So uh, and this, this, that trade ended up being a, a blessing in disguise for both people, for us. We're going to get into that. And and for, for the Lakers, too, and what they acquired and, and some of the guys that they already had there to get some more opportunities to get some more shots. Sounds good to me on that. Nick, you got anything else about this game? I just want to give some love to this guy here because he's he's improved his game tremendously since he pretty much got with the Lakers, man. Rui Hachimura has been phenomenal, especially on the offensive end, you know, scoring around the mid-range. And I think you got to give a lot of credit to Phil Handy. You know, working with Phil Handy has definitely helped him a lot, um, especially with his with his perimeter game. So kudos to him, man. I love I love the production that he's given us so far in the playoffs. Absolutely. All right, with that being said, we'll go ahead and move on over to our next game, the Warriors and the Better Team Kings. Uh, Nick, let's go ahead and start with you. How'd you like this game? Uh, the 125 to 126, I think, was the final, wasn't it, for today's game? Yeah. 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 Overall, great game. <laughs> solid, solid outing from the Warriors. Great way to tie the series. Um, defensively, I think we definitely need a lot more work. I don't really understand what Steve Kerr was doing here when he wanted to start Jordan pull over Draymond. I get it. You know, he just coming off of a suspension, but I don't – I don't know. To me, I didn't really understand it, but at the end of the day, you know it is what it is. But solid outing for the Warriors. Obviously, Steph had another solid outing. Clay ended up hitting some big shots uh, down the stretch. So, I'm very happy, man. Um like I said, I mean, defensively, I think we definitely need some more work. I think we need to stop the perimeter shooting for uh, Sacramento, stop the uh, driving lanes. But now we're going to game five. And I said this before the series start. We just need one road win. The first team to get a road win in this series has that advantage. So we have that opportunity now going into game five in a hostile environment in Sacramento. Um, we had a good game, one, in my opinion. I think we just definitely didn't execute down the stretch. You know, especially in the final stretches. Then, of course, De'Aaron Fox and Malik Monk went crazy. 
And then, of course, game two, I think, when you know, with the whole Draymond incident with Sabonis, I think that kind of shifted the momentum of that fourth quarter. So now we have an opportunity opportunity to go back in their hometown, back in their home floor, and let's uh, let's just show them that we're the champs. You know what I'm saying? We have this experience. You know, they know they know how to get they know how to make things happen and get things done. So if they could just get this one road win and get the third one of the series and have a three two advantage, that'd be great going back to uh, the game six back at the Chase Center. You know, it's just kind of crazy that the stats, just looking at it on Bleacher Report, shout out Bleacher Report, we're waiting for our sponsorship. <clears throat> the field goal percentage was 47-50 in, in favor of Golden State. Three-point percentage, 41-40 Golden State. Three th- uh, free throws, 92%, 83 Golden State. Turnovers, 10 and 11. Golden State had 11 assists. They led more with 31-25. Uh, it just really, every stat was so what, somewhat close compared to these two, like, one more turnover compared to the other ones. Like, it's the same team. Like, if you were to have Golden State look into a mirror, they would see the Kings looking back at them almost as far as the way that they're executing everything. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm so sorry. Uh, the Kings hit 14 free uh, three-pointers. Golden State made 14 three-pointers. So, it's just like it's the identical team just on a different city, basically. The only thing that really as far as the difference, because I thought this was quite funny, 45 field goals made by Golden State, 48 by Kings. So, obviously, the Kings made the same amount of three points, made more field goals you would think they would have won. But the free throws, Golden State made 22 out of 24 when the uh, Kings only shot 18 and making 15. I'm not saying that the free throws are like, oh, my goodness, they made them win that way. But that's where they they got their separations with uh, the basically seven more free throws to get that lead by that one. So before you say anything, CJ, I just kind of want to throw some stats out there how identical these two teams are. And, of course, we know Brown, who just won Coach of the Year, sat under uh, Kerr for a few years, got his whole philosophy and scheming, and basically has implemented it, implemented it, whatever, try to sound big, copied it to go to to Sacramento, and and it's worked (laughs) so well with them. What I think is crazy, and uh, I'll pause on that one. I'll I'll, I'll wait before I get into that. CJ, what do you think of the game? Yeah, it's a funny thing that you said about, obviously, Mike Brown being the former defensive coordinator for the Warriors. There was actually a soundbite during the game, and Steve Kerr went to Mike Brown and said, you can't, you know, you can't take all our plays. Uh, we changed our plays up, so you can't steal them now. I thought that was a nice mm-hmm. little, little clip there uh, mid-game between those two. Obviously, you know, a lot of respect, both, you know, both of those guys winning championships. Um, with the Golden State Warriors, so that, that was cool. And you're right, there's they, they they play the same. <laughs> they set a bunch of screens and get guys open, and they roll, they cut, they space the floor. They got two special point guards in the area, Fox and Stephen Curry, respectively. This game, it looked like the Warriors had it, and then Steph Curry calls a timeout when. They didn't have any timeouts left, and there was a technical. There was a te- uh, technical foul, so the so the King shot the free throw, and then they got the ball back, and then Fox hit a three in Draymond's grill to go to go up to go down, um, and then Curry had the ball with a couple seconds left, missed the floater to get the ball back, and they just made a great play defensively at the end. Draymond Draymond and Steph kind of trapped Fox. And then uh, Steph came out and, and closed out on Harrison Barnes on the left wing, and, and you know it just went in and out for Barnes. It was a good; he had a good look, but he just it just didn't go down. So it was just close, close. And all these games are close, even when Draymond got 
got ejected. That game was was really right down to the wire. Yep. It's going to be a chess match, and it's going to come down to who makes the least amount of mistakes. And the right know, watching that exactly watching that fourth quarter, I think the Kings they kind of rushed things a little bit. Uh, they had some 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 they took some bad shots. They had some uncharacteristic turnovers, and you just can't do that on the road, especially against this team. I mean, thirty three and eight. At home, that's their calling card, obviously, because we know what the road record was. Because <laughs> they're <laughs> not even, 33 on the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not even a shot; it's facts. Um, so you just can't you can't make mistakes, man. And it's same the same thing for for Golden State. They they've made a bunch of mistakes um, at the Golden at the Golden One Center over there in Sacramento. So this game five is just pivotal. It, oh, it yeah. really is, and I think I think more so for Golden State. Because they have to get this one. Because even if they, even if the Kings lose Game Six, Game Seven back is home. back in Sacramento, right? So you, this, this is a, this is a big game uh, for the Warriors. Their role players need to step up. Poole, Wiggins, Divincenzo, I think you know, contribute and knock down some shots. Obviously, we know uh, GP two is not a great floor spacer, but he does other things well. So he's going to need to bring it. You know, make it tough Baby. for Fox. I kept Kevin. Kevin Looney's been sensational in this series. You know, with that game three, man. I'll I tell you right now, he he was he was the MVP of game three. I know, I know, Absolutely. Steph had a solid outing, but Kevon Looney was like really great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steph, Steph did the scoring, and and Kevon Looney did the rebounding. He did a phenomenal job. Twenty-one rebounds, thirteen offensive in that game three. Did a great job of crashing the glass and, and the passing out of the post too. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and 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 the passes. And I think uh, what, what they've done defensively on, on Sabonis as well is something that, mm. that hasn't been talked about enough. You know, Draymond, he, he's going to he, – he's done a great job. And, and Looney, they, both of those guys have done a great job on Sabonis. Sabonis really hasn't had that breakout top, you know, great game yet in this series. And we're already, you know, pretty much five games in. So you have to give, you have to give the front court for the Warriors a lot of credit. Um, and he, he looks he looks rattled. He looks rattled out there. And they they he needs Fox needs some help. He, he needs some help because we know what he does in the fourth quarter. He had 12 points in the fourth quarter tonight. Clutch. But it, it, yeah, clutch, yeah, exactly. That's why he got the Jerry Rust Award uh for most clutch player and and this year. year. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And he just they just need one especially on a road in a road type scenario even at home they just need one more player we saw Malik Monk average 25 in the first two games and then in the next and then in the home games you know kind of came back to life a little bit and struggled so we'll see if you know some of the role players will step up the one plus that I saw tonight was Keegan Murray had a really good game he he was struggling in these first two games in the first couple games for the Kings but he had a pretty good outing 23.7 rebounds so this yeah this is this is a back and forth this is like a a boxing a boxing match you know each round it could go you know it's going to either fighter and we're gonna see who uh, who goes down first and I, I just think experience is gonna play a factor and um, I, I could see Golden State you know getting this game and game getting that game in Game Five and if they're able to do that and again it's not gonna be easy because all these games have been right down to the wire like I said if they're able to do that swing the momentum back to the Chase Center. I think they'll be able to get it done in six, and we'll, we'll get to see LeBron versus Curry again. LeBron versus Curry. What? Come on, y'all. The second round. Beautiful. Beautiful. In the second, second round. <clears throat> <clears throat> okay. So this is what I was wanting to get into earlier, but I was trying to put on pause right now. So a lot of people on Twitter, social media, whatever you want to say, even some of these uh, 
media people that are on ESPN or Fox Sports or other things are giving Fox a lot of credit in this series, saying that a superstar is being born and all this stuff. We three already knew that Fox was there. It's just now that he's getting on television more, playing against Golden State. I've even heard some people here, heard, heard, some people saying that Fox is the best player in this series. And I just wanted to hear from you guys. What do you all thought on that? Stop it. Nah. Listen, listen, Fox, Fox is Fox is incredible. Um, but this this is this is first crack at the playoffs. How is he? How mm-hmm. is he better than Curry? What do you think? I mean, yeah. I don't know. Maybe they meant in <laughs> this series because I mean he has been the better player in some of these games than Curry for sure. Probably what game one? Game one probably. I think it's um. I, I think what it is, it's you know Fox is new, right? You know, like, like you said, yeah. I mean, yeah. In a way, in a way, recency bias. But we haven't seen him in, in this moment. You know, we everybody right. else in the playoffs, we've seen, we've seen Ja, we've seen Steph, we've seen you know the guys on the Lakers. We haven't seen the Kings. We haven't seen Fox, and you know he's the right. leader of this team, and how well they're playing against the reigning champions. Uh, I, I think it's I think it's a lot of excitement, but you know <laughs> you know I just I can't say that he's the best player in the series going in going up against the Golden State Warriors with Stephen Curry. I, I mean. His ability, he's 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 to me, he's top five shot creator ever, ever. Just because you know his his ability to score. Wait, wait, uh, De'Aaron Fox? No, Steph. Oh, I thought you were talking about to say. I was like, wait, no, no, wait, no. what? No, no, I'm <laughs> well, about Curry. I'm not gonna lie. I thought you were talking about Fox at first. I was like, no, he's he's talking about Curry here. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm talking about Curry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, whoa. <laughs> Come on, Wes. Nick said, um, pause. Hold up. No. Yeah. Come on. His ability <laughs> to score and each and off the ball. Like he'll 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 get the he'll have the ball. He'll give it to Draymond and run to the corner. Like you have to be alert at all times going up against Stephen Curry. You cannot lack at any given second. There's no such thing as a playoff, a second off. No. You have to be on it. And and and, and listen, uh, Davion Mitchell. He got the nickname Off Night. He's been doing a pretty solid job. He's been oh, doing a pretty man. solid job um, with his with his athleticism. You know, trying to make it tough. He obviously has fresher legs, so it's much easier uh, for him to you know run around and chase Curry. But still, uh, <laughs> you have, your conditioning has to be at an all time level. That's exactly where it stems to right yeah. there. The, the conditioning. Yes. Yeah, and just his ability to shoot threes anywhere. Anywhere, off the ball, on the ball, off the dribble, he's just—he's just too elite, man. And um, I, I think he's—I think you know—we don't talk about him enough when we talk about one of the you know best shot creators. We talk about Kobe, we talk about Kyrie, obviously Jordan, Kevin Durant. But his his ability to space the floor from three better than anybody else ever in the history of this game—you uh, you have you have to put him up there. And he's just a threat every time he steps to the half court. I mean, we, that's a that's a narrative. That, that's a narrative that everyone's been talking about pretty much since 2016 or so, 2014, 2015, uh, since they really started to make this run. He's a threat as soon as you step to half court, and, uh, he, and you, you have to give him, you have to give him his flowers, bro. He's 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 just too elite. Just watching him play in that fourth quarter in the second half, anywhere in trans, and, and you you can't miss him in transition. Like you, if if he's out, he, I think he had the most points in transition tonight too, and it's like you can't. You can't leave him open. You just can't. You have to find him at all times, and and what makes them also makes them so special. You got somebody like Clay too who can do the same exact thing. 
Um, maybe not so much off the dribble. He doesn't need to do that. But because Draymond kind of is the more the facilitator, so they don't. But moving, moving without the ball, yeah. Exactly, moving without the ball. You have to stay alert. You have to stay. You have to stay on him, and um, it's it's really a. You have to stay focused. Your attention to detail has to be at an all-time high going up against this team. And I give the Kings a lot of credit for for doing that and for them being in all of these games. Um, so, it's a, like like we said, it's a great chess match. I just think the experience for Golden State. Uh, just supersedes a young Sacramento team, but you know they're they're showing that they're here to stay. This is not a fluke season by any means, and um, I just think if they get they're another they're another team too. I think they're a wing. It, it, it could be Keegan Murray. He could be that guy down the road to step up and kind of be that second second wing option next to Fox to be that guy. Um, but if if they get some wing production, either it's Keegan Murray or someone else, uh, that maybe as Harrison Barnes gracefully exits to get someone else in there. They're, they're going to be special, no doubt about it. Why do you think in this series, it's weird because the Kings are starting, they're still starting Kevin Herter over Malik Monk, and that's still kind of something that's kind of head-scratching to me, even though Malik Monk has clearly been the better player out of the two, especially this series. But, but I don't know if, I don't know if Mike Brown's trying to preserve his energy for the second unit, but I don't know. It's just, it's just been something that I've been curious about. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's that, and it's also that's what's been working for them all year. So it's right. like, you know, why and, – and, it, and it's not like it's – the discrepancy within the games has been so crazy to where you have to make such a move like that. And he probably doesn't want to hurt, hurt his confidence. Obviously, he's already not playing well uh, right now. So, you know, that you know, to move him to the bench, it could, you know, it could, could hurt a guy's confidence, man. It, it really could. Um, some guys, it doesn't matter. And he's kind of – he's come off the bench and started in Atlanta, so that may not be an issue for him. But right. – uh, I just think right now to keep his confidence high, have him in the starting lineup, maybe he could get some easier looks in game five. He's going back home. You know, role players obviously play better um, when they're in their own home. So I think that's what it is. And Monk's, and Monk's you know, six-man-of-the-year candidate. He's going up. You got you have to offset what Poole can do coming off the bench as well. So I think, you know, it's just, it's just kind of, you know, I see a lot of similarities between both squads. So I think that's why they probably wouldn't change it up right now. I can see that. Guys, I apologize. I don't know what's going on with my camera yet again. It just keeps dying on me, so we'll probably just stay like this for a while. You guys can't hear me at least, okay, right? Yeah, yeah you're still Okay. All right. So let's go ahead and move on over to the Celtics and the Hawks game. Uh, I think game four, right? Yep. Let's see here. I honestly thought the Celtics would end up sweeping the series, but uh, after – I guess what game three, the Hawks won. Celtics come back today and go up three one. It's a, a final score of one twenty nine to one twenty two. Just a couple of the stats: Brown had tw- uh, thirty one points, Tatum had thirty one as well, with seven rebounds. Looks like uh, lied to you. That's the wrong team on the Hawks side. Of course, Trey Young had thirty seven. Hunter had twenty seven as well, or thirty five and twenty seven. I apologize. But uh, as far as the storyline goes, it looks like the Celtics just shot better all around. Uh, they did have 16 turnovers, but they had 25 assists in the game. Uh, CJ, what do you think of this game? Were you able to watch it today? Yeah, I saw a little bit of it. Obviously, saw you know kind of the rest of it at the end. Um, you know, as as the show was as our show was starting, this this was a, this was a key game for Atlanta. They got the big win in Game Three. Mm-hmm. And you know sometimes you, you can get the momentum, and and they have they had their opportunities. They cut the lead to six, 
but the Celtics, man, they're, they're just all you know their guys, all their guys, pretty much outside of Brogdon, they've been in this situation. They've been in these close games. They've been in these close playoff games. So they know teams are teams are going to try to battle back. They're going to go on their runs. Just stay the course. Stay ready. And even though Tatum didn't have the best night, Jalen Brown stepped up and and had a had a great game. Thirty one points, like you talked about. Obviously, a, a Georgia native. So you know he's going to come out and and, and play hard um, against against his uh, against against a team that he probably grew up watching. So he's a special player. He's trying to make that All NBA. to try to get that extra to get that super max. I think he deserves it. I think he's definitely got to put him up there in the second team All NBA this year. He's showing out, and this, and that's why I feel like they have a one A one B. It's not a one two punch. It's a one A one B duo um, in Boston because. His ability to score, his ability to space the floor, play defense, his athleticism, just how he's been able to develop too. Uh, just it wasn't it wasn't just a even though he was a top pick, it took him a little bit to kind of get it going. And really, I would say 2020 was really when he kind of turned the corner and and really established himself as like okay, this guy is going to be really good for a long time. It took a little. We saw flashes during the Isaiah Thomas years. Um, and then obviously when Tatum got there, he's only he's only 19 years, and they battled against LeBron in the, in the Eastern Conference Finals. But it wasn't I would say it wasn't until 2019 2020 season when we saw was like all right man this this guy and Tatum they're they're going to be special and, and that's what we're seeing now. It's just he's he's dominant. He's dominant. He, he really is. He could go crazy. He he could have a dominant game um, at any given moment. And I just don't the Hawks don't have that. They don't have that guy in the wing. They thought. Bringing in a guy like Dejounte Murray would be a factor, and he's had he's had some solid some solid games and some solid moments in the series. But it's just a bad matchup for Atlanta because the Boston they have the wings to make it to make it very difficult for for Trey Young, for for Murray, for Hunter, and Hunter played well, and I was impressed by that. I, I you know I'm I'm he's he's a guy I'm waiting for him to to turn that corner, man, because. He has a lot of talent. He, he has a lot of talent, especially on, on both ends. When he when he's locked in, he, he definitely shows flashes of being a really good player. But we just haven't seen the consistency. Uh, he's he's dealt with some injuries in his in his four year career as well. Um, and I'm just I'm just waiting for that moment for him. I don't know when it's going to happen. I thought it'd be this year, but that just hasn't really worked out. Um, so that's that's what they're missing over there in Atlanta. You know, when Trey Young has a bad game. Who else is going to be that guy to step up? Just like we saw tonight, you know, Tatum didn't play great, but Brown stepped up and had a thirty-point game. Some of the other guys, Smart, did a really good job, and they're just—they're just not ready for this for this uh, Boston Celtic team, it, hands down. I, I know, I know, the two-seven matchup in the West is looking much different, but <laughs> in, in the Eastern Conference, it's uh, it's a different scenario right now. And obviously, the Celtics—they're on a mission. And looking looking at the landscape of the East. With some of the injuries, they could be in the driver's seat. Yeah, this series has been fairly one-sided. I think I think we – I mean, a lot of us predicted that this would be a sweep. I know that I predicted that it would go on five, which is looking like that right now. I think there's no question that the Celtics are going to close it out in game five on their home floor. I mean, CJ mentioned it. Their two wings, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, have been phenomenal on both ends of the court. DeAndre Hunter has had a really hard time – of really staying in front of Tatum and really limiting him on the offensive end. And, you know, we see, we've seen that throughout the, throughout the course of the series. So, you know, definitely kudos to Boston, but the, I'm, I'm looking at Atlanta and 
a lot of talented guys on this team, but I think I think it's time. This I think this is going to be a big offseason for them. I think there needs to be changes. I think there needs to be changes. I don't know if that means you know you get rid of one of your two stars, either Dejounte Murray or Trey Young, but there needs to be something shaking up with the roster, honestly, because I you know it just doesn't seem like it's really working well for this team. It hasn't. I mean, we we thought that this was going to be something big, you know, in the twenty twenty one NBA playoffs when they made it to the conference finals, they upset Philadelphia, and they pushed Milwaukee to six games. Even even a few of those games were without Trey Young, but it just it just seems like they're moving more so backwards than moving you know moving forward. Um, and you know CJ mentioned how you know we're all waiting on that leap from the Johnson Hunter. He definitely has that talent, but I'll say it's him, and I'll say it's John Collins. Like a lot of people forget, John Collins was averaging like 20, 20, 22, and ten like three four years ago. A lot of people forget that. A lot of people forget the talent that he really has, and you know it just seems like with this. With this Atlanta team, it seemed like he's more minimized to being just more of like a floor space, kind of like what Kevin Love was with uh with Cleveland when he ended up winning championship when he ended up winning championships with LeBron and AD. So I don't know. It just seems like this this Hawks team. It's, it seems like they really need to shake up the roster this offseason. Um, they ended up making a coaching switch. You know, they got in. They ended up bringing in a new coach. Um, but now I think this is going to be a big offseason for them. So you know, I don't know what. I don't know who's going to be heading out or who's going to be coming in, but you know, with Trey Young leading the way, Trey Young, in my opinion, is the best the best point guard in the Eastern Conference. I know that's debatable, especially with guys like Jalen Brunson. But I think <laughs> say that one more time. I said Trey Young is the best point guard of the Eastern Conference. Oh, he's not, bro. Come on. I mean, I'm, okay. I, I I I know who you're going with. I mean, I, I'm sure we all know who you're going with. And look, and honestly, I, I will give it to you. Like the guy that you're going with has been better. Especially in the playoffs, Mitchell, Mitchell, yeah, Mitchell. Oh God, Mitchell's shooting guard. Yeah, (laughs) but (laughs) but I mean, but honestly, I mean, you know, but Trey Young as your franchise guy, I think that you got to build a new roster around him and possibly help him be in a be in a be in a better position to possibly elevate as far as being a playoff contender, especially especially with young teams on the rise, like you know, Detroit's on the rise. You know, they got Kate Cunningham over there. And then there's a field that sees Indiana with Tyrese Halliburton. So with the Hawks, they got to continue to keep moving forward instead of moving backwards. And hopefully this offseason they can make some big changes that can help them elevate. And Collins. Collins will probably be the guy. He's always in the trade talks anyway. <laughs> He's been like, in the trade talks for like three trade. years. Yeah, yeah. They've been trying to trade him for so long. So uh, I think yeah, I think he'll probably be that guy that probably get let go. Like, what's your thoughts on the series? Yeah. So next game, we th- we all think Celtics closing it out easily, easily. Yeah, yeah, I think they get it done, man. Yeah. Okay, so let's just go ahead and go to the more entertaining series. CJ, can you? Tell You're me not even going to give any thoughts. <laughs> he just he didn't even give any thoughts on that series. Like, yeah, this is the one. I mean, really, it's a waste of time. Celtics are a far better team, and good luck, Hawks, for next year trying to find someone to come to Atlanta to make that team better. Carry on to the Knicks and, and Cavaliers. Up 3-1, three, three down, one more to go. Uh, job is not finished. It's a tough task over there trying to get a W in Cleveland. They're going to be rocking. They're going to be ready to go. Um, you know, they're going to bring their energy over there at Rocket Mortgage um, over there in Ohio. So it's going to be a tough task. It's going to be a tough task. But tonight was, uh, was actually Friday, too. Just just special. Just special in the garden, man. Just just you hear you hear it through the TV. You hear how these the fans are going crazy. Yeah. 
you know, they, they've been, uh, we've been waiting for this for a long time. I know we kind of had them in 2021, but, you know, obviously with everything going on with COVID and, you know, you know, certain people could only pull up to the garden. It was different. Now, full capacity, everybody's pulling up. It's just, man, you know, the, the energy has is, is been electric. You know, to cap off these two home games, it was a little, little it was a scary moment, especially in that third quarter. Cavs started to come back. Garland was really playing well in the third. Uh, they made a nice run. They had a lead for a little bit. But we weathered the storm. We weathered the storm. And I think I got – and listen, I, I'm a guy that, that criticizes Tom Thibodeau all the time. Uh, it's tough love. All the That's time. all it is. All the time, yes, indeed. Uh, but he did, a, he did a good job in this in the fourth quarter. Julius Randle has been terrible uh, in the series. Just – it is what Bye. it is. <laughs> yeah. He's uh, just he, – he's just uh, – so I'll get into that. I'll get into that like in a second. But uh, I think the one thing that he that, that Tom Thibodeau did was, you know, he, he stuck with Toppin in in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. That that lineup was uh, was playing well, um, and and that, that really propelled us to get in this victory tonight. I, I truly believe that. Josh Hart. I mean, what what else can we say uh, outside of Hachimura and obviously the two big trades? Obviously, KD more importantly than, than Kyrie because the Suns actually made the playoffs. You got to put Josh Hart in that in that uh, in that that ranking for best trades in the in the trade deadline. His his ability to rebound rebound the ball at the guard position. I I, I guess Westbrook would probably be the only one that that you could you could probably say in terms of best rebounding guard in the NBA. It, it just the offensive, it just his ability, just to, to his knack for you know getting the basketball off the rim, creating second chance opportunities. We were up seven. We were up seven. RJ missed a shot on, on the left corner. Hart gets the rebound, kicks kicks it out the kicks it out the JB for three. They kind of just put the game away with a buck forty two left. Dagger, the, you know, the crowd was rocking. He had a big big floater with the shot clock going down. The shot that we needed because uh, we, we saw Cleveland start to make a run a little bit. These, these two games were big. These two games are big. I, I'm still not a fan of the heavy isolation. I think one thing that they've done a really good job of, even with the isolation, is they kind of took what Cleveland did. What Cleveland did in Game Two was instead of bringing the instead of bringing a big down to set the screen, they brought in guards to set the screen. They get mismatches, mm-hmm. make Jalen Brunson work on defense, and they're still doing that to an extent. But Levert and Osman haven't really done a great job of um, being consistent offensively. And and I think uh, Tom Thibodeau kind of took some of what JB Bickerstaff did, and um, and they're doing that now with Brunson. Now, now you see quickly coming to set the screen. We've seen Hart set the screen now, as opposed to Hardenstein and Mitchell Robinson. And those guys have to be ready because if JB's able to navigate and get into the get into the teeth of the defense, those are easy dump offs, easy lobs. We saw a nice lob from from Brunson to to Robinson in that first quarter, which led to an and one. So and this is what I saw. I saw. I knew we had the depth. I knew we were just a better team. I knew we had a better roster. Um, they may have the better player. They might have the better player. Uh, just based on what I've seen in this series, I think Jalen Brunson has been the better player in in, uh, in this Knicks Cavs series. Just just facts. Twenty nine six and six steps up in the fourth, brings it every single night. And you just you just know what he's going to get, man. And he, he outplayed Mitchell last year when he was on the Mavericks in, in that Utah series. Um, in the first round, he's doing the same thing again. I'm so glad Leon Rose didn't trade our whole team to get Donovan Mitchell. Uh, he kept the young guys. He kept all the draft picks. And now, you know, one more. And um, we eliminate that entire narrative. 
at least for this year. So uh, this is orange and blue skies. It's been a great time, great time for the city, and uh, got to get it done. Got to get it done on Wednesday. Kudos to the Knicks, man. Kudos to the Knicks. I think one of the guys that I want to praise is number nine. You know, he's shooting the ball with confidence over these past few games. I just, I, well, the one thing for me is I just want to see it translate to the road, honestly, because, I mean, we all know the first two games he struggled, then come back home for games three and four, shoot the ball with confidence, you know, really shooting efficiently. So if he can shoot, continue to shoot the ball well, especially in game five in a hostile environment in Cleveland, I think the Knicks can possibly close this out in five games, even though I did pick them, pick them going seven. But it's been a fairly one-sided contest for the most part. Even though game four was highly competitive, I will give credit to Cleveland, especially when they mounted that comeback in the in the third quarter. But it just seems like, you know, this dynamic duo, they can't get on track at the same time. You know, uh, Darius Garland had a very off night in game three, but he ended up playing better in game four. Donovan Mitchell kind of led the way in game three, but he had a really off, really bad second half in game four. So it seemed like this two dynamic duo can't really get on track. Evan Mobley, to me, he's, I'm not going to say he's been bad, but, you know, I mean, but then again, I mean, it is his first playoff series. You know, I don't think he's been at his best. Um, Karis LeVert, you know, he's kind of streaky at times as well. So I just think Cleveland as a whole, I still feel like they definitely have some more work to do. Um, but like I said, I mean, you know, even before the series, you know, both of these teams were neck and neck in my opinion, but I feel like with the Knicks having, I think, a slightly better supporting cast that they were going to have the edge. And I think we're seeing that, you know, you mentioned OB Top and um, IQ started to really kind of play better. Isaiah Hardstein coming in, you know, really, really, uh, really making an impact. So it's been an overall team effort for New York, even though Julius Randle has not really been at his best. Uh, I don't know if we, I don't know if we want to dive into that conversation about playoff Randall not being the best, <laughs> the best guy. Talk but, about it. You want to talk about it? I mean, we can't. I mean, I mean, I mean, the floor is yours, man. I mean, you know. So uh, ha- yeah. it's, it's half and half. It's half and half. It's half Randall, half Tom Thibodeau. And the reason why yeah. I start with Thibodeau um, is because if if you see a guy that he's struggling to get his shot going. A good, what a, he's a good coach, but what, what you should do is, uh, you know, get him some easier buckets, you know, set, create some set plays, let, let him, you know, get to that left hand, create some easier lanes, get to the foul line, knock down some free throws, let him get comfortable with his form and his shot. Then maybe he could start to, you know, knock down that outside shot. He's just going out there, step back threes, it's not your life, it's not your play style. You've never been that type of player ever. And he's just he's taking he's taking bad shots and he had he had to sit in, in the second in the majority of the second half. He played the whole third quarter and didn't contribute at all. <laughs> he had that he had the he had the nice I say he had the one good block on Mitchell. That was the best thing he did in that entire third quarter. Uh in tonight, period. That was the best thing he did tonight, uh, was that one block. He doesn't really change the game defensively at the power forward position, a guy that's closer to the rim, uh, more than you know, outside of the outside of Mitchell Robinson. He's just—he's not a—he's not a great isolation player, and you have him out there taking isolation shots. I don't think that's the formula for success for him. He'll set the screen and he'll pop like he's a three-point shooter. Roll to the basket. If you roll to the basket, you'll get fouled. You—you uh, could create an opportunity for Mitchell Robinson to get a lob, get a dunk, or somebody can help on the weak side. You could get a dot to the corner. He just—he'll—he'll he'll just set the screen and fade to the three-point line so he could get the ball and, and, and just get an ISO shot. That's not winning basketball. It's not. It's not. It works for Brunson. Why? Because Brunson is an efficient isolation scorer. Julius Randle is not. 
Um, so I think Tom Thibodeau, what he needs to do is, uh, you know, have some set plays for him like he did with RJ. RJ struggled the first two games. These last two games, he did some nice pin downs for him on the get the ball on the right side. They did a nice double screen to get to that left hand, uh, you know, get to the foul line, uh, get, get get into a rhythm. Even if his shot's not going down, at least he's getting to the basket. RJ's done a great job in these in these last two games, 26 tonight, 19 um, on Friday. He stepped up big time in, in, uh, with the lack of production we've seen from Randall. So I think it's half Randall, half Tom Thibodeau. But, you know, also – the, the offense that the Knicks run, a lot of it is on the players. Thibodeau says it all the time. He said the defense will tell you what to do. So that, to me, that's – they're kind of, you know, they're they're playing within at the team aspect. They don't have a lot of set plays. So if you if you know your shot is not on, why do you keep shooting threes? That's what I don't understand with Randall. It's like you're, and you're taking step-back threes. You're, and also – for a play – what, what you're doing with, with Mobley, you're, you're guarding a guy like Mobley, who you're stronger than, you're bigger than, you can use your size, but you're bailing him out by taking contested jump shots. It's, it's low IQ. Yeah, I mean, this. I mean, that's, that's always something that I've been very critical about is that, you know, and like you mentioned it too, like, you know, like you, you would expect Randall to more so be like a pick and roll type guy, but he loves that pick and pop area. And it's like, for me, it's like I don't know why he really loves wanting to be like more of a perimeter guy. Like you know, I would love to see Randall more in attack mode. Like you mentioned it, like you know the step backs, and I'm like, yo, I mean, look, I mean, Randall can make perimeter shots. It's not that he can't do it. It's just that he doesn't do it at a high level. Like he's not doing it at, at the level that a lot of other guys are doing. So it's like I don't know why he tends to settle for those type of things. Like you know, but I think hopefully in Game Five we see a different Randall. Hopefully we'll see one that's more in attack mode, one that's really looking. To take high quality shots because I think I think honestly I think they're gonna need it. I think they're gonna need it, especially if they're looking to close the series out on the road. I think it'll be essential for him to do that. But you know, I'd rather see Toppin out there. I think I just listen, man. Toppin, top is a good option. No, Nick, like Nixon winning right. Nixon winning right now. So like, I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to completely like, you know, violate you, but. Um, I just think you know Toppin, just the offense is just he just fits better with the offense. But it's crazy because I mean, he's not even scoring. Like, you know what I'm saying? There's just the other right. things that he's doing, the screening and everything else, which is good. Setting the screens. He had five offensive rebounds uh, this afternoon. Uh, he doesn't need the basketball to make an impact. He doesn't need to dribble the basketball necessarily for multiple seconds to make an impact. And I think for, for Julius, he's not a great off-the-ball player. And that's, why, that's mm-hmm. why he struggles. And if you want to be a great player in this league, you have to play on the ball and off the ball. Um, and he's only good in one aspect. I agree. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm just absorbing all this in, really, because it hurts to hear anyone talk bad about a Kentucky player, of course. But I do agree with all the points that you guys are making. Like Julius Randle, like he's been more of a uh, have the ball in your hands, create something that way than he is anything else. I mean, yes, he can set a pick and roll, but I mean, who can't set a pick and roll? But as far as staying active without the ball, I agree. Randle kind of disappears on that sometimes. <clears throat> Toppin opens up so much more because of the versatile he is on his feet, the the way that he can move at least. Randall is limited, I'll say, with that. He he gets caught ball watching on offense where he's not moving around, continuing the offense going on. But overall, I will say, even you know, Randall being benched the whole fourth quarter, the only thing I worry about is if you do go away from Randall for the whole series and you go on to the second round series, you're gonna need Randall. 
even though the offense may not be working for him right now, you're still going to need his leadership and what he is as a superstar. There's going to be times where you need that one-on-one. For for the team, did he, did he not make all-star this year? Should have been Brunson. Well, I mean, I'm just saying. That's what I said. He, he's the one that, that, he, that he made or that made it. <clears throat> Excuse me. So – I don't want. I don't think the Knicks. He sure isn't playing like it. Well, that happens. Okay, it it, it does. So I think, like uh, even CJ said, so I don't want to spend too much time on it. Go to Julius, get him a couple of buckets in there, and say, okay, I need you to lead. Now you got your confidence. Let's get everyone else going as well. Uh, But I will. I'll end this as far as talking about this series. I think what little bit I have watched, the Knicks just look like a better, well-oiled team than the Cavs. It just seems like the offensive ball moves around so much better. They're more in a fluent motion with their offense and even some of their defense rotations. It seemed like every time Cavs put the ball on the on the floor, that the Knicks were about ready to. double team in some form or fashion. didn't matter who really had the ball. It's just they were raising the pressure all around for all the Cavaliers ball handlers. I won't say guards or whoever. So I do think what a little bit I get got to saw, see of that, I feel like the Knicks are more ready, and I hate to say that about the Cavs because I've been high on the Cavs all year, even with Mitchell. So I think there needs to be some more corrections made going into the Knicks' next game. With that being said, if they aren't, I think the Knicks go ahead and, and – uh, Finish this on out pretty quickly. Uh, the Knicks just look like a better team. And I want to give credit real fast for the transition. Uh, Mitchell Robinson, man, <laughs> he's I been mean, really good. Just really stand out good. There. It, for me, and I tweeted this before the series started. I said, you know, if he could stay out of foul trouble, he he brings he brings so much to this team, and he's been able to stay out of foul trouble. Man. Um, and his ability to crash the glass. Mm-hmm. He, he just has a knack to get the rebound, um, uses uses athleticism, dunking the ball. If, if he if he is just able to knock down his free throws, double double easy every single night, every single night. Um, and he just his ability, man. He, the way he's been boxing out, being physical with Allen, being physical with Mobley. Um, they, they can't lack. They they think they have an easy rebound, but they don't because he's skying over them. He's getting in position. This is what I've been wanting to see from him for a long time and now he's developed that he's figured out you know even though i'm not i may not be getting the basketball offensively from a scoring standpoint this is how i could get my points and um he's, he's using his athleticism and we know what he brings on the defensive end altering shots got to give mitchell a lot of credit homegrown that's my guy man he's locked up for five more years um with the knicks signed the extension this all season so uh he's he's been he's been phenomenal in this series man i he, you know he's not getting the 20 point games but Everything else that he's doing, Hartenstein as well, um, and crashing the glass and you know getting the rebounds. That's that's been essential for our team, and I have to give him a lot of credit. Uh, let's move on over to the injury-prone Clippers and the best team in the West, the Suns, and let's get some of your thoughts on that. Uh, Nick, I want to start with you because I've got a question. I've got to ask CJ, and and I'm. I, w- I want to hear at least a little bit of the conversation about the game before I ask you. <laughs> I don't like this series, man. This this really upsets me. You know, this this really upsets me, man. Like this this series should not be one sided as it is. Now, give credit to the Clippers. Give credit to the Clippers because they they have made they have made things competitive with what they got. Russell Westbrook, 
we need to start having these apologies, man. You know, we need to start, man, because he – like, and this is what I said, you know, even heading to game three when we found out Kawhi wasn't going to play, I'm like, yo, like, Russ is going to shine because he now has full control of what goes on on the court, you know, with his scoring, his passing. The perimeter game is still streaky, but, you know, he's getting to the basket. You know, he's finding um, he's finding openings for a lot of players. Norman Powell has stepped up tremendously as well. So give credit to them. They have kept these competitive, but – you know, you can only do so much when you're going up against Kevin Durant, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and DeAndre Ayton. And even – even Just the first three. But <laughs> 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 well, I, I will say this, though. Chris Paul has been playing phenomenal offensively, though, so I will give him that credit, too. But, man, like, we watched Kawhi go crazy for 38 in game one. Played a game two, had a solid game, and then out of nowhere – Apparently he's been dealing with the injury. Hey, look, I'm I don't know. I mean, maybe this is just me being selfish, but I'm like, yo, why not play through the injury? You know what I'm saying? Like you played the first two games. Like, you know what I'm saying? And look, I know, I know that may be selfish of me. And you know, I mean, definitely look out for these guys, you know, especially if they are hurt. But it's like, man, like y'all are in the playoffs, man. Like, you gotta do what you gotta do. But you know, at the end of the day, man, I mean, I think we should all I think we all know what's gonna happen. I, I think Phoenix wins in game five. Uh, close this series out, and I think they'll get some pretty good rest before they play. Or actually, no, actually, hell, they might not get much rest. Cause, I mean, honestly, Denver's probably about to sweep Minnesota. So, you know, just look forward to that series. But, you know, definitely definitely give credit to the Clippers. You know, they made the most of what they got to, uh, to try to keep this thing as competitive as they can. And, you know, if, unfortunately, it's just not enough. Yeah, Michael, so you had a question? <laughs> well... I'm going to be honest. Nick kind of alluded to it just a tad bit. CJ, what do you think about the way Westbrook's played? Because, you know, somebody was talking about his shooting numbers earlier after that trade happened and, you know, thought he wouldn't be be able to do anything wherever he went to. How do you feel about this now? I said he, I said he had to space the floor. I said he had to find other ways to be productive without the basketball because I mm-hmm. thought Paul George and, and Kawhi Leonard would be there. They're right. not there. They're I understand. There. I understand. Not, I mean, it's just facts. <laughs> They're not there. So now, um, you know, he, he's kind of playing like uh, OKC Russ. Yeah. Um, nope. You know, he has the ball in his hands a lot, and um, he's, he's scoring. He's he's knocking down his shots. I think I think also him going to big against KD is a, is a little bit of a internal motivation as well. Um, you know, the rivalry that they had. Obviously, there's no beef, but um, it's obviously some. You know, it's competitive for sure, mm-hmm. um, and I think that that adds to that. No question. And he's been playing great. He's been playing great. Uh, I'm not not a hater. I just wanted to see what he could do outside of uh, if he doesn't have the basketball in his hands, but what else can he do? How else can he impact the game? And even when he doesn't have the basketball, even when Kawhi was out there, he was playing defense, blocking shots, creating steals. I just think now he's just – Westbrook. Yeah, he's just – I think he's more comfortable in, in this role. Uh, and I have to give Ty Lue, man, a, a lot of credit. I feel bad for Ty Lue, man. I mean, he's he's coaching his ass off, bro. Seriously, like, schematically, he's doing the best he can. They're trying to load up on KD, load up on Book when they at certain spots. But what, what can you do if you don't have your two best players out there? If they, if they have Kawhi yeah, and, and PG, you're talking about a completely different series. But right now, it's three-on-one. Mm-hmm. It's three-on-one. So, uh, I think Ty, Ty Lue's the, the much better coach, um, in, in my opinion. And I feel for him, bro. I mean, since he since he's got the since he got the job with the Clippers, his two guys haven't been able to stay healthy, and it sucks. It, it really does. It really does. You going, you, you know, you go into the first two games, 
you're feeling confident, you're like at least I got one of these guys and I got Westbrook uh, ready to rock, ready to go uh, and complement me with the role players. And then, and then you go to the facility and you hear, you know, Kawhi has a uh, right knee sprain and it's going to miss the rest of the playoffs because they're getting packed up <laughs> in game five. So that has, that has to, you know, it has to hurt your, your ego. Mm-hmm. I mean, probably used to probably numb to it now because this, this is what they've seen since he's been the Clippers head coach, but uh, it, it just sucks. He deserves so much better. He really does because he's done a great job. I think he's done a great job getting the best out of all of those guys. You saw Norman Powell have a 40 point game in game three. Zubats playing well. Plumley has done a great job. EG turning back, looking like the old EG from the Clippers. His his first stint with the Clippers, game, yeah. knocking, down, knocking down shots, going to the basket. All, all the bones howling. He's a little streaky, but he, he makes his moment. Terrence Mann, same thing, streaky, but can knock down shots. You know, every once in a while, all those other guys have you know stepped up somehow, some way. But it's just three stars versus one star, and uh, that just that math, especially in basketball. It's just always gonna it's always gonna favor um, the team with the most with the most stars, and that's what we're seeing. I mean, you try to load up on KD, and then you got Book dropping forty five. It's like, what can you do? And then, oh yeah, oh yeah, Chris Paul could, you know, have a he's I'm pretty he's motivated. I'm pretty sure he got some internal motivation too, being a former Clipper. Uh, going oh yeah, to, pretty sure definitely wants to pack them up and get them out of there. It doesn't matter who's out there um, playing playing for them. So uh, he had some big shots yesterday, mid range. Tough shots, faders. You saw that crazy shot he made, like, like at the end of the shot clock. Like, yeah, yeah, he thought it was, yeah, he thought it was the end of the shot clock, and yeah. he had to throw it up and still made it on the baseline in front of the in front of the Suns bench. Big shot, big shot, and it's just when you have three players like that, um, you just you just don't have enough defenders, and especially for Book and Kate, you just don't have you, you already you have to double those guys, and if Chris Paul has it going, it's. It's just too difficult, man. It's, it's too. That's what makes it just so dangerous because it's like it's like it's like you can really prioritize and like really stop in this one guy, but then you got another guy that could just give you forty easily. Yeah, and, and and he's seeing a lot more one on ones. That he's seeing more one on ones than he's ever seen in his career because because you have to worry about Kevin Durant. Exactly, you Kevin Durant. You have to you have to shade and, and and double him. You have to put another guy on him because he makes it look even more easier than how Book makes it look. Um, so they're, they're just they're just too talented. They don't have a lot of depth. You know, they get some spot minutes from Shamit, some solid minutes from Akogi. Um, Craig has played well. Terry, Tory Craig has played really well. Um, space on the floor, getting offensive Rebound. rebounds. Yes, yes. He's done a really good job defensively um, as well. He's done a really good job in this series. I've been impressed by him. Um, so... Oh, shit. <laughs> I guess he got froze there. I was to say, yeah. I thought, Anticipation. I thought, <laughs> oh, man. I thought it was me for a second. When you said so and it just locked up, yeah, I was like, yeah, so yeah, it stopped for like CJ? 10 seconds. <laughs> I thought it was me for a second. Oh, that's crazy. I was, I was, I was good. Time. I was still going. That's crazy. No, not on air yet, man. Yeah, we didn't oh. we, we didn't know what you said on that last part. <laughs> oh, no. So, so. Yeah, I'll say, no, yeah, yeah, the, the, the three on, it's just, it's just three on one. And, um, that's really that's really the narrative that has been for um, for the series, and like I said, it's it's, tough, it's difficult, man. I feel for Clipper fans, I really do. Steve Ballmer too. You're moving into this new facility with with the hopes that you got these two, but you just don't you just don't know, you just don't know. And it, they're they're in a, it's a tough spot because like you know, do you trade one of these guys? Do you do you let it rock because they're still so talented? And you see what the team could be if both of those both of those players are out there, and how far you could go if they're healthy. 
but they haven't been healthy. You have a great coach. Westbrook is fitting, fitting into his role well as being that third guy. But it just these, these four years has just been a disappointment. They've been the most disappointing team um, in, in the last five years, no doubt about it. I think something's got to change. I'm sorry. Like, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's a lot. Ghost. And, I, and that's the thing, too, because, I mean, like you said, I mean, they're both super talented players. And when they are on the floor, they give you 100%, both Paul George and Kevin Durant. We just saw Kawhi – or sorry, Kawhi. I, I said Kevin Durant on accident. We just saw – yeah, we, we just saw Kawhi put a 38-game win and led them to that win. So it's like we know what they can do. It's like, it's like the same thing like, with, like, like we talk about Zion. Like, you know, Zion, when he's on the floor, he gives you great production, but it's all about the availability, you know, like, you know, if he can't stay on the floor consistently. So – I don't know. I mean, it's tough, you know, because I mean, they're, they're both under contract for like what the next like few years, so it's kind of tough from that from that aspect. But it's like you mentioned, you know, four years. You know, a lot of teams like and look. I was one of those guys in 2019 that said this team has potential to be better than the Lakers because it was Kawhi and PG's first year together, and it was LeBron and AD's first year. And I was like, I like both of them, but I might pick the Clippers. But now looking back years later, we all we obviously know who has been the better team. And even though AD has had his share of injuries, you know, he's, you know, they, I think they're still slight, I think they're still the better team, obviously. But I don't know. I just think some changes just need to happen in LA. I don't know what it is. I don't know if you want to move either Kawhi or Paul George, but to me, I just think something needs to happen because, you know, it's been four years. They only had one conference finals appearance. We all know what happened in the bubble that year when they blew a 3 1 deficit. Then they, they, I think they missed the playoffs last year. Yeah, they missed the playoffs last year. They lost to um, New Orleans in that um, playing tournament. So I, I don't know, man. I, I mean, you know, like, I mean, this team is just so talented and, you know, there really hasn't been nothing to come out of this, out of this, this era of this team. It's just sad. And, and, and honestly, they played it. They played the Lakers well, better than it, better do. than any other team, better than any other team. They played the Lakers better than any other team that I've seen. And now, and again, that goes back to Ty Lue. Ty Lue's top three head coach in the NBA, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Easily. It's hard for me to say because Kawhi's missed so much. I would almost rather get rid of – I say get rid of. I hate even saying that way. Trade him, even though he's so good of a player. Like, But that's the that's thing. Like, do you want Paul George as your number one option? Because, I mean, he's a great player, but I don't I don't see him as a number one option. At this, he's at the number at this one option because he's more healthier, like healthy longer. Like, Barely. I mean, I understand the point of going with Paul George as number two. What would you say, CJ? I said barely. Barely, but, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, could you consider trading them both and build with Westbrook or no. trade off oh, three? No. And just, no. So you just abandon the whole thing? Because, I mean, I don't think you trade one. Because if you yeah. break them up, just go ahead and break it all up. I agree with that. I, I, yeah, and, I, and, I, and that's where I'm going with, honestly. I think it's best to just – because I'll be real. I feel like even if you do trade Paul George and you keep Kawhi, I mean, depending on what you get back, I don't really see them being much better. So I feel like you should just go ahead and break the whole team up. I think they give it one more year. Next year, if they can't get it done, you've got to break it up. This Is Westbrook there year. for another year too? He's on a one year. Yeah, he's, he's a free he's he's agent this year. He's free agent okay. So this is – I'm pretty sure he'll re-sign. Yeah. Uh, just based on how well he's playing. But I think this is it. This After this year, 
if they can't get at least to the Western Conference Finals, it's done. It's done. It's and done I think because you're moving into a new arena, just get get all those picks back and start fresh. Yeah, and and I think you know a little lenient, more lenient for this year because of the Kevin Durant trade. Like you know, it's not the Suns in that four or five spot. It's the Suns with, excuse me, traded for Kevin Durant mid season to make that team even even better. You know, so I think that gives it a little bit of a hiccup, especially if the Suns go on to make it to the NBA Finals, if not uh, the Western Finals. Like, if they go there, I think it's like, okay, we just hit the the best team in the league in such a weird round. And, of course, Leonard being hurt, all that stuff. So I'm with you. I think one year, and I think it's a one and done. If, if they don't do anything next year, it's it's got to be over with. Yeah. It's just sad, it's just, man. Like, this, this team has big expectations. Huge. Should be a thirty for thirty. Because I mean, because you got to think like Kawhi had just came off of winning a championship with Toronto when he came to this team, so there was really yeah. high expectations. And it's just, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm disappointed. And, I'm very and they're disappointed. still there. What's crazy? What do you What do you think about Stephen A. saying uh, Kawhi is the worst superstar? In NBA that's that's dumb. That's stupid in my opinion. No, like that's I feel like that's dumb. But you heard his, you heard, but is he saying because of what we're saying though? He's the reason why is because of what we've what we just been saying. So it's still talking to you? I didn't actually hear like exactly like exactly why he said it, but I mean, I, I saw like I saw like little small clips of it. And I'm like, you know, I, I wouldn't say he's like the worst superstar, but I, I can understand it, like especially with the low managing and everything. But the thing, but that's the thing because like when Kawhi plays, he shows up and he plays at a high level. So it was like, that's why I can't really consider him like the, the worst. Point. That's the point he was making. When he plays, <laughs> he's electric, but he doesn't. He, he's uh, he's not available more times than not. And you know, if you're a superstar, you got to play. I say at least at least sixty-five games. Yeah, I would say sixty-five games. I mean, that's a little bit more than three three fourths. Uh, because you want to you want to have you want to have a solid you want to have solid seating in, in the playoffs. Right. So it's like you know sixty-five minimum. And he can't even get that. So I uh, just and, and he's 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 on the he's on the he's on the other side of thirty. I I, I feel for him, bro. He's a, he's a special player, special talent. Uh, you know, I you know, I, I worst superstar in NBA. Listen, I don't. I, I understand the reason. I probably would never phrase it like that because again, it's because of injury. It's not like he's selling in the playoffs. And, you know, that's if, when I say when I hear when I say when I hear worst, I look at it like that. Like you're you're selling, you're not you know you're not stepping up when it counts. That's not Kawhi. You know he, he yeah. he's there, he brings it, but he just hasn't mm-hmm. been he just hasn't been there. So it's just sad, man. I, I feel for Clipper fans, man. But it looks like they have some type of hope. But same, same yeah. But see, I mean, but see, that's the thing about it with the whole low managing thing because it's almost like a double standard. Like, because when he when he was doing it with Toronto and San Antonio, it wasn't an issue because I mean they were winning championships. You know, nobody had an issue with it. But now it's like when he's with the Clippers and he's doing the same thing. Now people hate it, and I guess I get it because you know now I mean the Clippers are what the fifth seed in the Western Conference, so I get it. Maybe is maybe it is different because back when he was with Toronto, they were like the second third seed, so. They were still winning like a good amount of games, even when he wasn't playing. But I don't know. I guess it's like, that is that is true. That is true. Winning erases everything. But you know, keeping the injury, I guess, conversation going. I hate it for this guy. 
Victor Oladipo. Uh, I think what? Tor. I think it tore like Patella or something like that. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the videos that social media put out was really heartbreaking. Uh, They had the clips from uh, when he tore or did something to his knee in years past. And basically fast forward to this one here with the Miami Heat of him laying down. It's like as soon as it happened, he knew that something bad had happened. And of course, if you tear something like that, you're going to know. But the emotion that he had on his face, like and he, I mean, his he, I mean, he, could, he, he could feel the pain. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Well, I, emotionally pain too, I think it was more than, yeah. than actual, the pain pain really. Cause, and of course we'll dive more into the actual Bucks heat game, but Victor Oladipo, sadly, I think this may be it for him for a career. Like two knees. I, would, like I, would, I wouldn't knee. say that. I wouldn't say that. I mean, it is another setback, but I, I would I would just go on and say that, you know, this is it for him in the NBA. I still feel like there is a chance that he may get a shot. It may not be easy, but there may be a team out there that could possibly use his presence because, I mean, Oladipo is a great two-way talent, you know, especially on the defensive end. Uh, maybe not a great, you know, perimeter score, but, you know, he can provide a lot of energy with his athleticism. So, like I said, I mean, I don't think it's the end for him because, I mean, when he does play, he can, he can really impact the game from multiple perspectives, but – it is, it, is, it is just another unfortunate situation, especially with the injuries that he's dealt with in the past, you know, because now this is going to be – because, I mean, we, I think we can all assume he's probably going to be out all next season. So he's going to be out all next season, and who knows, you know, when his return will be, you know, and what his future may look like in Miami. But, you know, it's, it's just another unfortunate situation for him. Yeah, sad, man. Yeah, seeing him go down. Uh, it was tough. I was watching – I was kind of watching the prelims. Some of the, the main card for the big fight between Tank and Ryan, and I saw. I was like, oh man, that was tough. That was that was tough to watch, man. Um, it's so serious too. And a lot of Giannis banged up. Jimmy had got mm-hmm. nicked up at the end of this at the end of the game yesterday after having a special first quarter. It's been a it's been a lot of injuries so far in this uh, in this playoffs. We had uh, prayers pray up to all the people, man. And they already lost Tyler Hero for the playoffs. Yep. Uh, you know, when I said top three coaches, uh, Spolstra's went in that top three too because you know his ability to again get the most out of these guys. A lot of these guys are undrafted. Like, come on, in a talent-driven league, when you're getting the most out of undrafted players winning playoff games. Elite, elite head coach. So, uh, yeah, prayers pray out to all the depot. So how do we feel that this series is going? Uh, honestly, I didn't think Heat would have won after losing Tyler Hero, but Giannis is out, like you said, so second go, CJ. Uh, I think it's, what, 2-1 right now for Bucks. No, Miami. Miami. Uh, 2-1 Miami. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Bucks trailing. Wow. Miami is winning, which is amazing to me, obviously, because that's one of my teams, and I forgot that part. But, like, I feel like losing Tyler Hero hurt Miami more than losing Giannis for the fact of the impact on each team. I'm not saying the better player. Don't get me wrong on that. Yeah. Giannis by far a better player. I, I, I think Giannis will probably be back since they're down in the series now and play the next game no matter what. And I think the Bucks will take the tie up the series on that. Duncan Robinson. I'm just shine. Uh, back to contusions. Uh, I don't know – if they, <clears throat> excuse me, have set like a timetable or anything like that. 
I just think really if, if he can go at 80%, he needs to be out there for this series right now. But uh, like I was saying, uh, Duncan Robinson, this is definitely your time to actually say, hey, I'm supposed to be here. Uh, you showed I mean, up he, a little bit on that last yeah, game. 20 yeah, 20 game 20, three. I think. So, but now even losing uh, Victor Oladipo, who I think had 13 in that game as well before he went down, like those points now have to be made up somewhere else. So, it's next man up or who you got on the bench. Hassel might be fine. starting by the time by the time this season this series <laughs> yeah. is over. That, but uh, might might have to use him, bro. I mean. Kevin Love, too. I got to give Kevin Love. Love's Kevin playing well. great. He's playing, he's playing well. He, he saved them knees for the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, he, Do you guys think the Heat that. have a chance to win this series? Depending on, you know, depending on the update of Giannis, depending on the um, injury of Giannis, and yeah, I think they do. I mean, if, if you're looking at, the like, the first two games, I know that Milwaukee blew them out in game two, but just watching last night's game, it really showed me that Miami has been the better team. I mean, I think they're rebounding well. They're shooting the ball at a very, very high level. Um, and it really it all starts with Jimmy Butler. You know, first quarter yesterday had 17 points. You know, really set the tone for the uh, for the most part of the game. Now you come in. Now you have, you know, Bam being able to crash the glass, you know, really establish himself on the inside, you know, especially going up against Brooke Lopez, who in my opinion is one of the better rim protectors in the NBA. For him to for, – for Bam to really establish himself and really be in attack mode, you know, under the basket really is really well. Um, then, you know, Duncan Robinson came in, provided a spark. You know, I think that I think that was really big. I think that's probably the biggest thing for me because we all know what Duncan Robinson has gone through, you know, you know, him barely playing and for him to come out in game three and, you know, have a really great game on the perimeter. That was, that was a really great show from him. Um, to me overall, I just think that Miami has been the better team. It seems like, you know, Milwaukee is really trying to figure themselves out, especially after the Giannis injury. I mean, Chris Middleton had a great showing um, last night, Drew Holiday as well, and a few other guys. But, you know, Miami right now is, I think, you know, even though they're not fully healthy, but I think, you know, they got a lot of their main guys, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Kyle Lowry, um, Gabe Vincent, you know, the rest of these guys. So depending on depending on what the uh, update on Giannis is, because, I mean, he is listed as questionable for game four. So if he, if he, if he is out, Milwaukee's gonna have to come out all gas, honestly. Because I mean, my, with with the way that Miami's playing well right now, and with them having game four four on the home floor, there could there could be a big chance that, that it could go up three one. I'm not guaranteeing it, but with the way that Miami's been playing, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, well, I did yeah. look real quick. It did say that Giannis did some individual works today. Uh, they said that they're going to evaluate him tomorrow and see how he wakes up feeling after that. So I mean, at least there are some workout uh, sessions happening. So that'll tell us a little more maybe tomorrow morning, probably around 10 or so, of how he really is doing. Like, you know, obviously you would say Milwaukee still has the better team. But with Giannis being out, Miami has the better player. And uh, sometimes in, in situations like this, the, the better player. Uh, did, I say, did, I, did I say Miami or Milwaukee? I, I meant Miami was the better team in this series right now. Yeah, you said Miami, yeah. Yeah, okay. Okay. With Giannis, I'm saying you know, okay. even, even I'm saying even without Giannis, like you, you know, most would still assume Milwaukee is the better team. You're right. Okay. Yeah, that's you know, you're not. You know, you're not the number one seed in the conference just because of one player. You know? And they got they got Middleton. They have Holiday. They got BP, and they have all a bunch of guys that you know that were part of that championship uh, run um, that, that are still there. I just think Miami's—they're just playing. They're just—they're just tougher. They're just bringing more effort. Uh, 
just even watching the game last night, you know, Caleb Martin going for loose balls and hustling and, and just doing the little things. And they know that's what they have to do to win these games. They have to win the effort battle. And if you if you match the effort battle, if you if you have more effort than a team that you're supposed to be better than, uh, that's supposed to be better than you, you could sometimes get a couple of dubs. And that's what they've done mm-hmm. so far. And, yeah. um, and Jimmy is just playoff Jimmy for a reason. I mean, it's, it's a reason why he has the nickname. And he just he just brings it at, at, during this time of the year. And, you, you know, you can always rely on that for sure. And I think Milwaukee, can they can they win? To, can they win? I believe that the game is tomorrow. Can they win game four? I think so. I think they're going to win game four. If, is, is it can they win it without Giannis? I believe so as well. I think Middleton, Drew, those other guys just going to have to step up and again, win the effort battle. They have, they have to win that first. Um, and if they're able to do that, then they should be able to get it done. But it's not it's not easy because we know my this is what Miami, this is what they build their team off of. Uh, very similar to the Knicks. You know, they they have the they have the effort. They want to win effort, loose balls, offensive rebounds, crashing the glass, defensively, getting charges. They know they have to do the little things because they not they don't necessarily have the elite talent of some of the other teams that, that are in the conference. So uh, that that's that's the key thing for Milwaukee, you know. Will those guys do that? Uh, I think they will. I think they'll tie it up. But if Giannis is not safe, if Giannis doesn't play for the, you know, the rest of the series or something like that, then yeah, I mean it's 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 open game. Even even with all of the injuries that that, that the Heat have, uh, it's it's still an even series because they have been bringing it so far. They got a roll of them already. So uh, this, this is a this is a weird this is a weird series, man. I think obviously in the beginning everybody thought they was gonna pack. Pack Miami up in four, pack them up in five, but uh, you know the way the way the injuries have gone down in this series is it's made it much more uh, even. So uh, we'll see what happens in Game Four, man. That that'll tell us a lot. So do you guys think Bucks win this next game or what? I'm gonna go with Milwaukee. I'm gonna go with Milwaukee. I just wanted I like I like the back and forth series. Um, I think Milwaukee gets it done. They know how important this game is. Being down 3-1, not a good look, especially for a number one seed. Um, I, th- I think I think they come out and get this one, Giannis or with, with Giannis or without Giannis. I think they win this one in Miami. So I believe this game is still going on live. I'm starting to get a little laggy and losing signal here, guys. I apologize. I heard a little bit of what Nick was saying earlier, and it's coming back right now. But at halftime right now, the Nuggets are up 52-48 over Timberwolves. So we'll go ahead and dive into that game. The series is – Denver with the lead 3-0. Personally, I'm just going to say I think it's going to be a sweep by the time this game is over. But what are you guys feeling on there? Which, of course, it is already, what, a four-point game. So it's it's close. And I know you guys have been more of a fan of Timberwolves this year as far as making a presence in this series than I have. But what are you all thinking on it? We'll start with you, CJ. I just think uh... – I just, I just don't know. They're, they're gonna, they're gonna have to figure, they're gonna have to figure out what they're gonna do with this, with this trio, with uh, Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, and, and and Rudy Gobert. It's obviously looking like the worst trade in NBA history. We thought, we thought Gobert would be a guy that that would definitely be a player factor in this series because we know what Jokic brings to the table in terms of going to the paint, being a three-level scorer. He could be able to protect the rim. Hasn't really done that. Haven't seen a, a big game from, from Gobert thus far. 
We saw the big game from Anthony Edwards in game two. Cat just He's talented, but he just, I just, I just don't, he just doesn't, he just doesn't bring a presence, man. He just doesn't have a presence to the, to the, uh, to the series. Just doesn't, man. It's just, it's tough to watch. You know, he's a, he's a very talented, he's a, he can do everything on the court, he can score, dunk, shoot, but he's just not that. I don't think he's that guy. I don't think he's that guy, man. I really don't think he's that guy. Anthony, and, we, and we, we've been saying it honestly since Anthony Edwards' second year that this, this is Anthony Edwards' team. Second year, Katzman on the team for for eight. Um, so that you know, just put that in perspective. So might have to make another trade. <laughs> uh, you're not trading Gobert because nobody's taking that trade. So I think they'll give this. Like I said with the Clippers, I think they give this one one more run. Cat did miss a lot of games this year because of with the calf injury. So that you know, that could have been one of the reasons why they have the seating that they have right now. So they, they may look into that, but that 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 Gobert trade looks so bad. You had Vanderbilt, you had D'Lo, you had Beasley, you had all your picks. <laughs> Guess where they're at? Right, they're about to advance. Exactly. <laughs> you had you had you had Walker Kessler right there, who, who does the same exact things Gobert does, but on a cheaper contract without losing your assets. A Rod, A Rod is is your your first your first big move being an NBA owner, and if I have to grade it, brother, it'd be an F. It, it would be an F yeah. because, one, if Cat changed the game defensively, you're not even thinking about getting Gobert because you're like, yo, we got a, we got a two-way, three-level score right here in Carl Anthony Towns. We don't need Gobert, but he doesn't, he doesn't, bring, that, he doesn't bring that tenacity on defense, so that's why they felt like they had to go get a, a, a rim protector. I still feel like they didn't need to get a go get a rim protector, even with how they. I didn't, I didn't think rim protection was why they lost against the Grizzlies. It was turnovers and and terrible defense and bad shot making um, in that series. They had multiple twenty point leads in that series. We talk about this all the time. Uh, lack of rim protection wasn't really why they lost. Um, so I just the, the trade was just so weird. Gobert has been in the league for 10 years, never worked on his game offensively, has zero offensive game at all, just just out there on offense, uh, brings no type of impact offensively, which is sad because he is he is a good defender. But for, for you not to for you to be in the league for 10 years and be a second option on a playoff team for nine out of those 10 years. And you never worked on your game offensively. I don't know. I don't know what to say to that, man. It's, that's that's a tough. That's a tough look. And Timberwolves, yeah. I, I, again, they give this. They give this one more run next year with this uh, with this trio. But there's after this year, there's definitely going to be some questions in regards to the the future and, and who stays and who goes. Obviously, Anthony Edwards is going to stay. He's the wing. And uh, I, th- I think you you probably you probably have to move Cat because again no one's taking that Gobert contract. You think anybody wants to get you know fleeced? How they got fleeced? They're not. No one's taking that. No one's taking Gobert. He's he's gonna he's probably gonna stay there for the majority is the uh, majority of that contract. He's gonna finish that contract up as a Timberwolf. So who's gonna be the odd man out? It, it, it might it might be Anthony Towns, man. I, I truly believe that and. Uh, from the Denver side, they're doing what they're they're doing what they're supposed to do. They're the number one seed. They're going up against the AC. 
if they're the better team, you pack them up. You get them up out of there for four or five, either a sweep or a gentleman sweep. Uh, we'll see if they're able to close this one out tonight. Uh, but, you know, Jokic is playing solid, not great. Jamal Murray's been playing great. And, and he, he's been he's been stepping up. He's, he's been playing like we, how we saw him play in the bubble. His ability to score, three-level score. I like what I'm seeing from, from Michael Porter Jr. They're moving the ball. So they, they you know they're, they're playing like a number one seed in, in the West, and, and they're they're packing up the eight seed. But um, yeah, just, I think it's more I think it's more to say about Minnesota, man. And I know as soon as they get eliminated, they they're gonna the media is gonna have a field day with them, especially with this trade. They've been wait, they've been waiting all year for this, and then, then they come they they media been waiting all year to get on Minnesota about this trade. So you know if they get if they get the brooms tonight, uh, t- tomorrow it's gonna be a Black Monday for that for that. Uh, for the T-Wolves, definitely, by the media. I'll be honest. This is probably the worst series that I've cared about the least. Like, I've really barely tapped into this series. I mean, I've tapped into a little bit of it, but one thing I will say, first I'll start with Denver side. Like, this has really been like a cakewalk for Nikola Jokic in the series. I feel like he hasn't really been as assertive as he could be. And honestly, I don't even think he's really been the leading scorer in most of the games. I know Jamal Murray had, what, the 40-point game in game two. I can't remember who led the team to scoring in game three. But honestly, man, I mean, this has kind of been like a cakewalk, man. And honestly, I mean, it, look, it could be a good thing for them because I mean, they're going to play Phoenix in the next round, and they're going to need they're going to need Nikola to be the MVP or the, the three time MVP that they that people project him to be. So they're going to need that from him, Jamal Murray. They're going to need him to be the Jamal Murray that he once was back two three years ago when when he played in the bubble. Michael Porter Jr. the same thing. So it's going to be – so Denver's going to definitely have to lock in in that next series compared to, you know, how they've been in this year. I mean, not saying that they haven't been playing well because they clearly have, but it's going to be a different – it's a different – it's going to be a different story in the next um, in the next series. But going to Minnesota side, I mean, you pretty much pinpointed everything. You know, I mean, there's really nothing much that I can really say. I mean, we all know that Rudy Gobert – I mean, you know, I've, I've been on record calling Rudy Gobert overrated just because, I mean, look, we all know what he brings to the, on the defensive side. He's one of the best rim protectors in the league. I'm never going to discredit his uh, Defensive Player of the Year awards, but offensively he is – he's just not there. He's not there. I mean, e- even as I was watching earlier, you know, there was a, there was a play where he was in the post with um, with Jokic, and he, he – I don't know what he did. Like, he just – he tried to do a hook shot, and it, it just – it was just bad. So – and I'll, I'll be real with you, man. I mean – Carl Anthony Towns, I think he's, I think it's just well proven that he's just not that guy. You know, I think a lot of people have been trying to give him the chance and the benefit of the doubt. A lot of people may have saw it in 2018 when he played with Jimmy Butler, Andrew Wiggins, and those guys. And, Thibodeau saw it. Yeah, Thibodeau saw it. Um, and even last year, Jimmy, I was Jimmy saw it too. Jim, Jimmy saw it early, like the first week of the regular season. He saw it. Like it's crazy. But even last year, I was saying, like, you know, with this young team getting into the playoffs, I was like, yo, Cat has to lead the way. I mean, I know that Anthony Edwards is the more talented player, but I was like, yo, but Cat having already having the playoff experience, you know, he's six, seven years already into the league. He should look at this as an opportunity to really be that leader for the team. And he, he had some good moments last year in the first round, but overall it just was not enough to get past Memphis. And I think we're kind of seeing the same thing this year in, um, this year in the first round against Denver. Now, people can give him the benefit of the doubt because he did miss 51 games this year, but still, I mean, I just don't think that it's really there for Cosby Town. So, you know, I, I definitely think I definitely think that there needs to be some changes. Um, I, I know a lot of people are on the uh, are on the free the the, uh, the free Ant Man campaign trying to get him out of Minnesota, but 
Yeah, I mean, Minnesota's just going to have to do something differently. I mean, you know, definitely, it's, it's definitely great to see them in the playoffs, especially after all the years that, that, they, that they did miss the playoffs. But if they really want to elevate as true contenders and make people really believe that they're really here in the Western Conference, I think that I think they need, I think they need to make some moves very, very soon. Yeah, they do. They do. Because I think OK, OKC will surpass them. New Orleans, if they ever get Zion healthy, that's obviously a big if. I think they, they would surpass them as well uh, for, for years to come. I'll be honest. Yeah. Like, if, if New Orleans would have got past OKC, they probably would have beat Minnesota. That's my opinion. I believe, yeah. Uh, I, I believe so. I believe so. And, you know, you, you don't you don't trade Cat. And you, I mean, um, you don't trade Anthony. You don't trade Ant Man, and you, no. you know you have you have his rights for the next two years, I believe. So they they have to figure that out. That's why I said you probably let you probably run it one more year with this trio, and then then you start making some moves because uh, it's just like they play well. They have, they have moments where they play really well defensively, and. They look good. Mike Conley, I feel like it was a good pickup, but he's just not enough. It's not it's not it's not Memphis Mike Conley. This is Timberwolves Mike Conley. It's a little bit different. Uh, I think they definitely need a point guard out there that could score, play defense. I don't know where you're gonna find that because you traded all your picks. That's why oh man. Could the Wolves get a guy? That trade is so that trade is so bad, bro. <laughs> They need a point why. guard. You can't even get a point guard in the drive. You can't even move up. Nothing. No, that's true. I, I don't know why. Like you know, this, this guy's name just kind of caught. Like just kind of came to my mind out of nowhere. Like could the Wolves get a guy or try probably try to trade for a guy like Fred VanVleet? Like could that help elevate their chances? I mean, I don't know. I don't know what they, I don't know what they have left in terms of assets. No, that's true. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. That's the thing that sucks um, because it's like, damn. Like, bro, what we got? Oh, man, I don't want to keep talking about that's, it. Well, that's the thing, though. Like, all those picks for Rudy Gobert. And look, I mean, I'm not, I'm not even trying to be disrespectful. Not trying to be disrespectful, but. That's no, not disrespectful. It's just a bad Yeah, I mean, trade. like, Rudy Gobert is just not that guy to give away yeah. so many picks for. It's like, I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah, it just, it just didn't make sense. But, you know, that that would be a nice fit for them, Van Vliet. If there's some, if it'd probably have to be a three team deal. It would, yeah. That's, that's probably the only way that it, it would work. That makes that makes that makes a lot of sense. If the Raptors want to, you know, quote unquote, you know, just you know, blow it up and build around Scotty, which kind of weird. I mean, they did get rid of Nick Nurse. So I was going to get into that after we, I talked about the Sixers and the Nets, but you know, yeah. maybe they maybe Masai Ujiri is thinking about, you know, you know, breaking breaking that that duo up with Siakam and Van Vliet. And just you know, putting some picks around Scotty Barnes, and you know, just restarting. I think it's not over like for that. Yeah, it, it, it could it definitely. I, I can see that. So I, I can see Van Vliet, um, Tyus Jones. Yeah, he was there already in Minnesota. And yeah, he was. He went to Memphis. That, that would have been perfect. I mean, he's. I think he could be a. I think he's a starter in this league. Um, his his assist to turnover ratio is excellent. He can score, get to the basket. He sets other. Like I said, he sets other guys up. Plays good defense. I would like to see him get a shot as a starting point guard and, and get an opportunity. So yeah, I mean, there's there's some uh, they they got McDaniel's. It's just unfortunate that he broke his hand. So you have a solid yeah. next to, next to um, Anthony Edwards. So I, I think they need a point guard, and 
Nas Reed, good off the bench, nice backup five. He's done a great job this year. You know, broke his wrist prayers up. They they just they just need a couple more pieces. Even with the roster that they have, they could still be really good because they show they show flash. Like even even when they play the Lakers in that playing game, even without Gobert and McDaniel's mm-hmm. and Reed, they still they still played well. Um, outside of Anthony Edwards in that game, so. Like the talent is there, they show flashes of, of, of a, a really good team, but it just doesn't click when it needs to click, and uh, it's just it's just unfortunate, man. It, it really is. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they, they still have some. I think I think they still have a pretty good supporting guys around them. You know, you mentioned um, you mentioned um, what's his name? But I um, even they even still have um, Torian yeah, Prince. Right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah Torian yeah, Prince, yeah. Kyle Anderson, um, Alexander Walker. You know, so I mean, they they got they got they got a pretty good supporting cast, but I think it's just you know the trio. I think is <laughs> just time to possibly you know move on from. I mean, I mean, I know I know that you said that you know that they need one more year, but I'm just looking at Cat and I'm like, you know, I I just think they got to come to conclusion that he's just not that guy. Well, I'm just saying, I, I just I, no, nah, I agree with you, but I think they're just gonna give it the benefit of the doubt because he did miss a lot of games this year, right? Um, and, and they they could feel like okay if he played more games maybe we're not even the seventh seed, I mean the eighth seed we may we may have a higher seed and, and maybe you know you get you get the right team you get the right matchup in the first round you may advance and the narratives are different so um, they may look at it that way I mean I feel like that's the only way they could look at it because they have nothing else to work with so yeah uh, man we'll see we'll see what happens all right before we uh. Before we get out of here, let's uh, let's end up with the Sixers and the Nets. Nets are the first team to be eliminated in the playoffs. Uh, they got swept by the Philadelphia 76ers. Forgot about uh, this series. <laughs> Joel Embiidless, uh, 76ers. Close game. They tried to make it tough uh, yesterday, yesterday afternoon, but unfortunately it just wasn't enough um, uh, for the Nets. What's your thoughts on this series? And, and now with Embiid, uh, they're saying he has some swelling in the back of his right knee. That doesn't sound good to for me. Seven foot two eighty. That doesn't sound great, especially going up against Boston next round. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, they're gonna have to yeah. go against Boston. <laughs> Jeez, but um, give give credit to Philly. You know they took care of business. I, I actually thought that this was gonna go in five games. I thought somehow the Nets. Cause, I mean the Nets played a pretty solid first half. I, th- I thought that they were gonna possibly extend this series by another game, but. That 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 collapse in the fourth quarter was crazy. I'm not gonna lie, like that collapse by the Nets was insane. But I mean, that, like I said, give credit to Philly. Anthony Melton had a really strong fourth quarter. I think he had like 15 points in the fourth quarter. James Harden didn't really have a a great shooting performance, but you know he was able to impact the game in other areas. So kudos to him. But um, you know, obviously, I mean, I, I'm not sure what many people expected out of the Nets, especially after the trade. You know, I mean, they, I think that they were still a pretty good team roster-wise, but, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people knew that this team was really going to make a lot of noise once the playoffs happened. Give credit to Mikael Bridges. You know, this is really his first playoffs as a number one option, so, you know, he had his he had his shiny moments, you know, other guys as well. But I don't know. I mean, I, I, think, I think that Brooklyn's going to be at least maybe one more piece away. I don't know if they could possibly – try to aim at getting a guy like Damian Lillard trading for a guy like Damian Lillard in the off season. I think that would be really big for them. If that, if that could, if that were to happen, he was but, at the game. Yeah. That, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, he was at the game. He was at the, uh, the game earlier. So, you know, I mean that, that could, I, and, and if that were to happen, that would be really big. I think that would 
I think that would be big for the uh, for the Eastern Conference. But yeah, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, but definitely you know kudos to Philly for taking um you know taking care of business in the first round. Now they now they get a little bit of rest before they have to play Boston because I think we all I think we all project Boston to win Game Five. I, I don't I don't think that's a debate there, there. But if there is no Embiid, I don't know what chances I'm giving Philly. I mean even I mean even with Embiid, I still got Boston winning the series anyways. But without Embiid. Gonna be a tough one, man. And I think I think it's gonna really I think we're gonna have to really start pointing the finger towards Harden to really step up. You know, I think he's gonna have to be maybe not Harden of Houston, but he's gonna have to definitely be that leader, step up in the way that they need him to because he didn't really do a good job of it last year. Because people may have forgot last year and be missed like the first like two or three games in that Miami series last year in the, um in the second round. And Harden was not really the best as well. And I mean, I mean, a lot of people say that he was dealing with a hamstring injury, so I guess you can give him that benefit of the doubt, but now you're fully healthy. You are the guy, you know, you are a former MVP. So now this is really your time to shine, especially in the second round. You know, this is a team that that has aspirations of making at least the conference finals to possibly the NBA finals. So without without the best player on the floor or without the best player on your team, Joel Embiid, I think I think people need to start looking at him as possibly leading the way for him. And I, and I think that he needs to accept that challenge. So hopefully Embiid does come back soon. Hopefully he can come back at least past, I don't know, maybe game two or three if he does miss the first game. But I think I think I think this is really gonna rely on, on the shoulders of James Harden, you know, as as they move on. On the Brooklyn side, I agree. I think they should go make a trade and go and go get a guy like Damian Lillard. Why not? You have you have all the picks that you got from KD, Kyrie, and James Harden. Uh you got Ben Simmons right there, who's obviously, you know, we don't know what his status is. Teams may not want him, so you'll probably be able to keep him um, and trying to make a move. Probably have to, you know, trade another player uh, in that deal. I don't know who it would be, but you definitely have the assets, uh, the draft picks, and that's probably what a team like the Trailblazers would want um, in, in trading a guy like Damon Lillard because they do have a couple young guys in Shaden Sharp and Anthony Simons uh, right right there at, at the guard position. So, yeah, Dame, Dame to the Nets, that's a big move. You know, Lillard, Bridges – Claxton, Cam, Cameron Johnson. Johnson, yeah. That's, that's, that's a nice, you know, them really off the bench because, he, you know, he's not a starter. So that, 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 would, that, would, be a nice, that would be a nice core right there um, um, for the Brooklyn Nets. I think they need to be aggressive and, and make a move like that. Obviously, <laughs> Lillard is, is not – when it comes to uh, drama and, and things, he, he's, not, he's not on that level of Kyrie and KD, so you don't have to worry no, about that. No, not at all. So he just goes out there, he hoops. That is best year, and they just didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, the best year of his career <laughs> didn't even make the playoffs. So uh, they they need to they need to definitely see it and inquire uh, about that in the offseason. They need to they should be one of those teams, the Heat and the Nets, to be the two teams trying to inquire about Damian Lillard this offseason if they, if they really if they really care about winning and making a move for the Sixers. They they have they have the depth. I like what I saw from Paul Reed. Paul Reed looked really good Saturday, um, and and the way he played and and being that and being a backup five or playing in the starting lineup uh, did a great job rolling to the basket. Uh, you know, finishing around finishing around the basket as well. He, he's uh he's he's a good he's a good player. He's a good backup five, and I see why Montrezl Harrell can't get any minutes on his team uh, because of what because of what he brings. Um, to the table, Maxi. Max, to me, Maxi is the, the second best. 
I mean, Harden, Harden's a good player. Harden's a I'm great playmaker. Harden, Harden, Harden's a great playmaker. Uh, but just from a scoring standpoint, he just he just chucks a lot of threes. He's not he's not finishing around. He, his layups and floaters haven't really been connecting like that uh, in this series. I think Maxi is, is big time, man. You know, he's he could potentially get a, a five over two hundred year, uh, a five year two hundred million dollar contract coming up. He, so he, he's I think he's gonna get that. He's he's a special talent, special player. I think you pair him and then beat up for the next you know, four or five years or so, I think I think you have something special. And he's continuing to improve and get better every single year. He had a big game in game three, 25 points, five five made triples, had a solid game yesterday. DeAnthony, DeAnthony Melton had a great fourth quarter, knocking down three threes um, in that fourth to kind of really put it away. I mean, and I've been impressed with Tobias Harris too. Tobias Harris had a really good game in game four, playing okay. well. I can mention him, man. Yeah, yeah. Understanding, like, listen, we don't have our guy. I need to bring it offensively, and he's done that. He's done that in this series, um, which is expected because they're the better team. So now, you know, going to, going up against what we would assume and expect to be the Celtics in the second round, I need to see that same consistency um, because you're going to need that type of wing play, especially when you're going up against Tatum and Brown um, and, and the Boston Celtics. Harden, I just. I don't expect much, so you know. I just it it is what it is. I mean, listen. I mean, he's and the the the, the thing about the leading the league in assists is just like that's great, right? But I just I, it just it just sounds like something he would do. You know what I mean? Just be passive. So we don't have to worry about him. We don't have to talk about him scoring, stepping up from a scoring standpoint because he's the playmaker now. He led the league in assists, so that's his. That's his way. That's his narrative now. He led the league in assists. He's a playmaker. He's not. I'm not buying that's, it, man. That's but that's but you see, but you see, but you when you when you hear when you hear them talk about him, that's what they're saying. Like he's the playmaker now. Maxie's the guy. Okay. Yeah. So take the third less. Take the third less shots then. Be, be third on the shot attempts. Let Maxie take the second most, and then let it be and beat. If that's one, if that's if that's what it is, then let it be that. Let Maxie be the, the primary second option. That's it. You play point guard. You get stops, and I don't want to. See, we don't want to see. We don't want to see. You know, eight nine possessions of you doing tween tween. You know, dribble step backs. If, if that's if that's really what you want to be, that point guard playmaker role, have at it. And he's and obviously he's a great playmaker. He's a great player, and that's why people are so uh, disappointed and how he doesn't show up in the playoffs at times. But I know I'm, I'm not. I'm not expecting much. I mean, can he surprise me? Can he shock me? Of course. He's he's, he's one of the best players I've ever seen. But come playoff time, it's just he's just a different breed, bro. So I, I don't know what type of hard we're gonna get. He didn't really look that impressive to me in the in a Brooklyn Nets series that you know they they swept him, but he still didn't look that impressive. So going in this next round, he, he needs to step up and be a great scorer and playmaker. He, he he was great at both in Houston. I know this is not Houston James Harden. I'm not I'm not I don't want to see Houston. I don't want to see 36 a night. I'm not asking for 36 eight and eight. Like we saw in Houston, I mean, but in the playoffs against two, you know, young killers and, and Brown and Tatum that could get twenty five to twenty eight plus any given night, you got to complement that with Joel. Got to match the energy. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's all we asking. Like, and uh, are we gonna get that? Who knows? Who knows, man? 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna guarantee it, but it, you would you would love to see it, and like you know, you would expect that at least from Harden. I mean, it look like it's like you said. It's like you said. I mean, no one's no one wants him to be Houston Harden, who was a former MVP, had like 50 point triple doubles. No one's asking that of him, especially if Joel Embiid is available in the series. But we need to see you more assertive as far as putting the ball in the basket. You know what I'm saying? Like especially you know who knows you know down the stretch in the fourth quarter. Make, knocking down some big shots and really just you know taking over for 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 a stretch of the fourth quarter to really possibly extend the lead or possibly bring them back into the contest. You know, I th- I just think that we need a little bit more from Harden on the offensive end. I mean, look, Tyrese Maxey is incredible. I love I love Tyrese Maxey, and I agree with you. I think that he is the true second option for this team, right right uh, right behind Joel Embiid as far as offensively. But you know, when you look at Harden, you look at everything that he's done throughout his career, and you see him. A lot of people will debate that Harden is probably in the best shape right now of his career. This is what you expect from him. Like you would want him to provide more on the offensive end than what he's than what he's given you. Exactly. I completely agree. All right, before we wrap it up, we kind of talked about this a little bit. Um, we don't have to dive into it too much, but obviously, you know, big Nick Nurse get getting getting fired uh by the Toronto Raptors champion. Um this this is what the second time in five years where they're fired, they've coached they fired their coach of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, What's your thoughts on this, and what you think is next for the Raptors, and what do you think is next for uh, for Nick Nurse? Hearing a lot of Rockets, Pistons, where do you see him going? I think Nick Nurse will bounce back. I think you know, with with him have with the resume that he has, championship, um, you know, getting into the playoffs multiple times, even got them to the play in this past year. I think I think he'll bounce back and get a job possibly this offseason. I don't know where I I did think Houston at first, but. I don't know if I mean obviously he's a great coach and he could possibly turn it around, but I don't know if he fits with that Houston culture. But who knows? Who knows? I mean that that could be a destination. Um, but I think as far as you know, with this Nick Nurse uh, firing, I think it's kind of an indication that, in my opinion, I think Toronto just needs to go in a new direction. You know, I mean we mentioned you know Fred VanVleet going somewhere else. Um, yeah, could you possibly move Pascal as well? You know, what I mean, and look, I mean, it's been a great run. They got a championship out of it. They got they they got some good playoff moments. They already got rid of Kyle Lowry a few years ago, so might as well just you know go and start over. I don't know if Scotty Barnes is really the guy that you want to build around because I think he does have some limitations as far, especially offensively. But if he can develop into what many people project him to, then possibly so. But I just think that right now it's possibly a time to start over. Um. Kudos to Nick Nurse. You know, had a great he had a great run in Toronto, and I definitely think that he'll bounce back. But I just think that you know, as far as for for the Raptors, I think I think it's just time to move into a new direction overall. I agree for Toronto. I, I just Van Vliet and Siakam are good, but they're not players that are they're not game changers. They're not they're, they're no. game changers. They're not they're game changers if they're if they're become additions to a team that already have a solid roster. Um, but in terms of them together collectively as a duo. Um, I, I don't, I don't, they're, they're not going to win. They're not going to have, you know, a bunch of playoff runs and um, things of that nature because that's just not there. That's just not them. Um, they're, they're, they're high quality second, third options. They're really good two and threes. I think Siakam could be a two and then Van Vliet could be a really good three. Um, and probably, you know, whatever team they, if they do get traded, whatever team they end up on, it'll probably be, there probably be a three, four option, depending if they go into a really good team contending type squad. So, um, I think they'll be fine either way. They'll end up in a good spot um, if, if they were to be moved, which is just looks likely. Um, just start fresh over there in Toronto. Even with even with Scotty Barnes, I mean, you probably he's not gonna you're not gonna win a lot of games 
with you know with Scotty Barnes and a roster without Van Vliet and Siakam. So they might be trying to look into you know tank mode <laughs> and try to get a top pick next year. Very possible. And for Nick Nurse, I like the Pistons. I like the Pistons for Nick Nurse. I know he I like went. That. I know he went. I know he just follow in Dwayne Casey's footsteps. Dwayne <laughs> Casey went from the Raptors to the Pistons, and, and Nick Nurse would do the same. But I think with the young team. You know, he, he likes to play his guy. He likes to play his guys a lot of minutes. They have a bunch of young guys, so that wouldn't be a problem. Uh, they'll go out there and play. They, you know, defensively, he's done a great job in terms of, you know, what he's done schematically on, on the defensive end. That's definitely what they need, especially what you need for a young team. I think the Rockets could use something like that, too. And Doka is, is a great defensive head coach as well. So either one of those guys would be great candidates for, for either one of these young teams, something that we talked about a little bit a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I like I like the Pistons uh, honestly for uh, for Nick Nurse man, Cade coming back, Jaden Ivey, Marvin Bagley the third, Wiseman, Jalen Duran. They're gonna get possibly Wimbenyama. They could get you know they could get a special player in this draft. Uh, maybe Miller. Something they're gonna get someone. They're gonna get they're gonna get a top. They probably most likely more than more likely than not they're gonna get a top five pick. Easily. Uh, so uh, it could it could be Miller. Could be Wimbenyama. Obviously don't need Scoot because. Kind of log jam at the guard position, um, yeah. so uh, that so it, it, you know, that's I think that's perfect. You get a championship head coach with a young team like that with a lot of upside, and you would hope in a year or two you, you would start to see them in, in the playing slash playoffs like you've seen with OKC. Man, I think I think Brandon Miller would be nice in Detroit, especially after they, after they after they just traded uh, Sadiq Bay now and now he's in Atlanta. Perfect fit. I think fit. I mean I think I think that I think that is one thing that they are lacking is like an elite wing. Yep. And they that, that could be their guy. I think it'd be a it'd be a seamless transition. I really truly believe that. Um, so that wraps it up, guys. I know Michael has some issues with the camera and connection, so um, he'll be back next week, ready to go, ready to lock in um, for the show. Man, Nick, tell the people where they can find you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. First and foremost, follow us on all platforms at MNC Hoops. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, um, and YouTube. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube. We are currently at 61, I believe, road to 100. So, yeah, make sure to subscribe, man. Tell a friend, tell a family member. Yeah, make sure to check out the content there and subscribe to our YouTube. Check us out on all platforms, Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. Give us five-star reviews. I think that we are deserving of that. And as for myself, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Nick Andre TR. Yes, sir. Follow me on Twitter at CJames9 underscore. Um, again, MSC Hoops on YouTube, just like Nick said, trying to get to road to 100 subscribers. Make sure you hit that subscribe button, hit that like button on this live stream. Notification bell for the next time you go. So you can see the next time we go live right away, or next time we drop a new video. Or a new short, doing the, having a lot of success with the shorts and the reels. Thank you guys for the support, um, and you know, smashing that like button, commenting on, on the shorts as well. Really appreciate that. And uh, yeah, man, it's, it's been good. Again, like we kind of talked about this a few months ago on this independent journey, uh, we got a rocket. So uh, we really appreciate it. We really thank you guys. We're grinding, baby. Right, yes, sir, man. We will see you guys next week. You guys have a good one. This is.